I honestly, my mom can attest to this. I dress how I wish the weather was and not what it ever is. So you hate the winter then? Yes. Yeah. That's why I moved here. That's most of the reason why I moved here, to be honest. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was in Virginia and it was just the winter after I graduated college when I was working at my graphic design job, I wanted to kill myself every single day. It was horrible. Why? Because it was just like you woke up and you get hit, like smacked in the face by wind that's mm-hmm. like ice. It's like a sheet of ice that just like smacks you in the face and you're just like, I, like it's not a pleasant stimuli that's on your I, body. So it just makes you angry immediately. Yeah. That's what I always hear though. What do you about mean? The, like about the East Coast. People always say like, you have to survive the winter. You do. And I have no idea what that's like because I, first of all, I've never been to the East Coast. <laughs> Second yeah. of all. Second of all, I, the coldest I've ever been in is maybe like 30 degrees in, oh, big, wow. in big Bear Mountain. Okay. Yeah, maybe Have 20. you ever been in the snow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love snow, the, if you took I love the, the snow, snow for about two days. And you like stuck it on your face. Yeah. And you did that every day for four months. That's winter in Virginia. That's what it feels like. Jesus. <laughs> it's so it terrible. Sounds, I mean, it does sound, it sounds intri- like I would, I want to experience it one day for sure because people... I have no idea what that must feel like because when people like the cold weather by it, like you said, you can take it for like two hours or whatever. It's just the inescapability of it, whatever. But the inescapability of the cold weather is what drives you crazy because you have to go inside. Yeah. You you you, have to be next to a fire or a heater or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You have to like survival like kicks in and you're like, I have to get out of here. What's funny is that like during the, like your power bill must be really high when yeah. like when it's cold outside in the, well, my, in the winters, right? For whatever reason, my parents, like they're, try, I guess they didn't want that to happen. So our house would like, I was always was super insulated. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. No, I was just always pissed off at what temperature it was inside because if it was super hot outside, it'd be freezing inside because our air conditioning would be on. And my mom would be like, just, or if it was freezing outside, it wouldn't be like toasty Inside, because they didn't want the heat bill, I guess, to go up. So mm-hmm. my mom's like, just put on a jacket. And I'm like, I'm inside. I should not have to wear a fucking jacket right now. Like, that's... Just put on your hood, honey. It's like, that's that's why I'm wearing a blanket, you know? I'm just yeah. like, that's not the... Like, when you come inside from you know the cold, it you? should be warm. What? A poncho. Why? Because it just goes over your entire body. It would always a poncho is like paper thin, though. You can wear like three ponchos. Why would I wear three ponchos? I don't know. I feel like you can get a poncho that looks like that shirt. I wish I would wear that shit I everywhere. I know you wear. And you would have to get two. <laughs> yeah. No, I stay warm. If it was like a poncho insulated with fur. They have those. Do they? Just a fur coat. Yeah. Just a fur <laughs> Basically, coat. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. shirt's dope, by the way. You look like you just walked out of the set of the Rugrats. I know, right? This is like, this was like the first thing that I found when I started shopping at Goodwills, where I was like, Goodwills? Okay. <laughs> just the way you said that, Goodwills, it just sounds funny. Anyway, what? They were plural. Goodwills. Yeah, but you got that at one Goodwill. It's not like it came in two pieces and you got it at separate Goodwills. No, but I said when I started shopping at Goodwills. Shouldn't it be Goodwill? The Goodwill at Goodwills. No, there's multiple. It just sounds funny. Okay. Continue. <laughs> 
This shirt I saw and I was just like, it made me laugh. It is a dope shirt. But it also, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a man's shirt. It's from H&M. I feel like, oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. Because for whatever, men get better patterns than women. That's I've, that other shirt that we just bought at the Goodwill with the, um, it wasn't actually Goodwill. It was that retro store or whatever, but it was like. Oh, the, that was a straight up costume store. Yeah. And the paint splattered one, that was a man's shirt. What paint splattered one? The one that I was with you when we bought it, it was like pink, yellow, and blue. And it looked like little, like, like a paintbrush had hit it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a man's shirt. Yeah, yeah. And it is just infinitely better than what women have. Well, you you whatsoever don't have a man's body. But <laughs> thank for you. Some, <laughs> but for some but for some reason like you can pull off that shirt. And I think for some reason like a lot it's like baggy. Yeah. There's like this new trend like that um that the new regular on Kill Tony. Like it's like a new trend like oh. to dress to dress almost He looks like fucking Will Smith from the 90s. That's like his he dresses aura. like Will Smith. Yeah, in the 90s. that's what I mean. Yes. He doesn't physically. Yeah, no, he dresses yeah, yeah, yeah. with like the hat and the. Yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love that guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get him on the podcast. That'd be awesome. He just got signed to CAA. Shut up. He did. That's a bad idea. What? It is. It is. Why? If you know anything about like agencies and stuff, CAA. Wait, do you have an agent? No, I don't. You don't? But I know because I moved here to be an actor. So I understand that side of the business, at least to a degree. And what I know about CAA is they only represent people who are like, na- like name people, and they just like suck the life out of you. They're they're like the people. What who, do you mean name people? Like someone like Will Smith or Mike Epps or or like Katy Perry, somebody okay. who's somebody who's manufactured as an entertainment entity. That's not necessarily true, like all the YouTube creators when they get signed by CAA, they just get run the fuck dry for all of their shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's true for everybody that is uh, managed or agented by them, but yeah. to me, that's kind don't of how it feels. Don't you think it'd be feels. a good idea for you to have an agent? Yeah, I think that having an agent is definitely beneficial, but the way that an agent helps you is your voice is louder than your agent, or it should be, because yeah. you are the artist. Yeah. And if your agent is like doing everything for you, then it's not... Or if they're not doing anything for you. Sometimes people get agents that don't do shit for them, and then mm-hmm. if you're finding auditions or you're getting parts, they're getting your money. So it doesn't... It's not a good... It needs to be like a good relationship. It needs to be a working, creative you relationship. You guys need to be like friends and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or at least compatible. Yeah. As yeah, working yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, like, you can be, if, if you're afraid to talk to your agent, like, that's mm-hmm. not good, you know? Why would you be afraid? Like, what are some like things that Like, if they were happen? a CAA, like, somebody who's really well-connected and you're, like, ha- feel like you have to walk on eggshells, like, oh, I don't want to piss this guy off. He knows people. Like, that's mm-hmm. just not a good environment to be oh, in. Oh, if I fuck with this guy, then he's going to tell so-and-so. And, and I'll be blacklisted or whatever the yeah. fuck. I'm, like, talking down into my microphone. Like, <laughs> It's all good. Do whatever you want. But yeah. Uh, Yeah, because I don't know anything about all that stuff. Um, And that's what I was saying the other day. Like, we're totally living in a bubble. Like, Hollywood, sort of, I mean, LA, not necessarily. And like, Los Angeles, pretty big city. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes on here as far as like gangs and like a lot of business stuff and like everything. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a melting pot. It's everything. Los Angeles is, right? But. Hollywood specifically, and especially if you're doing what we're doing, which I'm a comic and you are an actress or... Actor, comedian. Actor, comedian, 
whatever. Kind of. I'm trying to check all the boxes is yeah, kind of what yeah. I'm doing. I feel like everyone should probably do that, though, right? I find that that's the, like, okay, so I moved here to be an actor. Well, actually, that's not even true. Um, yeah, let me let me ask you that. Like, what, like you, you wanted to be an actor and actress. Like no, you, that wasn't the initial plan. Okay. The plan what was, the initial was plan? I wanted to live you in. You back home in Virginia. I wanted to live in California. Okay. Just. That was that warm. was like the base dream for a long time. Okay. For like the first six months that I moved here, I just wanted to be here because I knew the vibe was different than Virginia. I knew that the weather was better. I knew that like entertainment lived here. Mm-hmm. So I and I knew I wanted to get into entertainment, but I didn't know how because mm-hmm. I hadn't really found my niche or my craft yet. I was like, I know I'm a creative person. Uh, I don't know if I want to be behind the camera or in front of it. I kind of would be cool just being on a set doing whatever mm-hmm. is kind of... Handing out bagels. Yeah. Okay. B- doing crafty. Straight up, I would be super down to be like on a big movie set and just like be handing out bagels to people. <laughs> or like, yeah, I got the I mean, donuts, that's a guys. job, dude. I know it is. Yeah. So I'm you could totally do that. Anyway. But uh, so I moved here and then it was like six months. I hadn't done anything. I was just trying to like pay rent and I wasn't really I was like staying in because I didn't want to sp- spend money when you moved here first okay yeah because I didn't have a job mm-hmm. I moved here and did like temp work and then I worked at a restaurant which finally gave me enough money to like know I was going to make rent every what is, month what is temp work so I worked for a temp agency which is just like a basically oh, I was that. a receptionist at like random jobs so like if, if a receptionist had like called out sick they mm-hmm. like they call like all the people in the company like hey who's available can you work at this job from nine to five or whatever okay cool. and all you do is like answer a phone you just sit there basically yeah you just answer the phone you're pam from the office you just answer the phone direct to someone yeah, else pretty much yeah yeah super easy boring mm-hmm. as fuck yeah i bet <laughs> yeah so that's actually i worked i don't know if i told you i worked for buzzfeed for like two months oh really that's pretty cool though yeah it was dope when they gave me the call because the woman like just to be in that environment yeah. Because there's well, that office somewhere around here? Yeah, it is. It's okay. on, um, like, Gower. Coanga or something. One of them's on Gower. The other one is on... Uh, I always see it. DeLongpre or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the office that I was in, they have two. One of them is, like, the bigger, like, creative, where, like, the Try Guys and, like, all the celeb people are. And then mine was, like, the the corporate side, sort of. It was mm-hmm. still, like, super creative and stuff, but the people that worked there worked with um, brands to, like, do videos for for other brands like um like if i don't know like some company was like hey can you do a sponsored video for us and they would work with them so it wasn't just like the fun for shits and giggles videos yeah 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 so all the people it was like i don't know it was boring as hell i I honestly my the most (laughs) the thing that i did most at that job was open the door because it was a new didn't answer the phone no there was no phone to be answered. Nobody called. Really? Yeah. I, I looked at emails and I would let people know when the mail was arriving. I'd be yeah. like, hey, you have a letter. And you were there for eight hours doing this? I was there. wasn't a full eight hours. Oh, okay. It was like from like 10 to 4, 10 to 3 or something. Gotcha. Because they don't have like long hours. Mm. Anyway, so back to being an actress and oh. you wanting to do all that stuff. Like what... Like when you were living in Virginia and you said like you like I just want to be in California or whatever yeah. like there was no thought of you ever being like oh I want to be an actress or I want to get into improv or maybe I want to try stand up or Well I mean I kind of like when I was in college 
I had a friend who was in a, he was a theater major and like the random things throughout my life. I've like showed an interest in that kind of stuff, but I was always too afraid to admit it. Yeah. Same. So it was like, he was an actor and I was like, Hey, if you ever, I was like always dreaming of somebody going, Hey, do you want to help me out with this script Mm -hmm. or can you read lines with me or be in our play or like I kind of wanted somebody to just like offer it to me I was like afraid to like Mm -hmm. admit that I wanted it and then be like okay now I have to go fucking get it myself Mm -hmm. thank you which is I I feel like a lot of people that are here or at least want to be here are like that they're too afraid to admit to themselves that they want to go after this sort of the people that are here no people that aren't here Oh yeah, that's that was just gonna say that's pretty much the only thing that separates people that are here and then people that want to do it. It's just like, do you have the balls to do it? Like, it, do you have the balls to try at least? It's it's. I feel like the biggest hurdle is admitting to yourself that you want to do it. That was my hardest thing. And from talking to your friends the other day, that's what it sounds like. Because I oh, would yeah. say you want to be a comedian, don't you? And they'd be like, Well, comedian no. is very is a very vague term. Well, yeah, but. Basically, I was implying you want to live in L.A. You want to be doing what we're doing. And you could tell they hadn't even told themselves that that's what they wanted. They were, like, suppressing that urge. You're specifically talking about my friend Cody. Yeah. Who is for sure a fan of comedy, stand-up comedy specifically. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like, funny movies like Super Troopers or stuff like that, I'm sure. But um, I think you're mistaken about what he wants out of life because I don't even think he knows what he wants out of life. Dude, you didn't fucking talk to him. I've talked to him for the past three years. And yes, no, but you, that night specifically, you don't point blank questions the way that I do. And you don't see their visceral, visceral no, reactions. But like I was telling you, there was probably like two years ago. Okay. Cause when I, cause I'm not from, I'm from California. Okay. I'm from California and I didn't live that far away. So I used to come to LA a lot before I actually moved here. Right. And one of the, th- one of the people that I always came with was Cody and mm-hmm. Mike, who was on our last podcast. Right. Sort of podcast. <laughs> It was more just a two-hour argument. But um, anyway. Really? <laughs> it really was. But anyway, um, there was a lot of times when we would go to Kill Tony or we would go to um, just the comedy store or even just, I think even sometimes we just came out here just to, to hang out or do stuff. Right. You know, just because I liked LA. They liked getting out of where they live and, mm-hmm. they, you know. Going to the city. Yeah. It's just cool because where we came from is very like, like the only thing there is just like stores. You know? Right. And not that there aren't stores here or anything, but there's just nothing really to do there, in my opinion. So when we would come out here, we would go to the comedy store and like any like still to this day, anytime I go to the comedy store and I leave, I always leave with this feeling of just like I feel some weird and I it's weird because I never had this like growing up. Like I didn't even know about the comedy store until two thousand fourteen mm-hmm. when I started listening to podcasts. And Um, the first time that I went there, it was just this like completely eye opening experience because I was just like, dude, like in a way I've always kind of like wanted to do something like that because when I was 19, 20 years old, I was in a band and like for a long time, that was all I wanted to do was be in a band was just create music. Mm. Um, I remember having a conversation with my good childhood friend, Brandon and saying like, dude, like how cool would it be to just like to do this forever? And even if you didn't get paid that much, just enough to like have a decent place. Just because it's fun. Yeah. Just do something that's not like a normal job. Like mm-hmm. 
Like, I'm not a dumb person, but I don't want to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't like college. I don't like, I don't like being forced to learn a curriculum, you know? There was only maybe, like, two classes that I ever really was interested in. And I actually loved going to the class sociology and then an English class that I had. And it was only because the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Cody, there was one... There was one moment when I had talked to Cody and I was like, dude, like, wouldn't it be fucking sick to just move out here and just like try to do stand up? And obviously you're going to suck for a long time, but wouldn't it just be dope to like, like I was telling you the other day, I remember we were driving down fountain Mm -hmm. and I was just looking at apartments and I was like, dude, wouldn't it be sick to live right there? Like you could just walk to the comedy store. Right. And he was like, yeah, I guess that'd be kind of dope. But like, honestly, fuck all this other shit. And I'm like, what? And he's like, just all the traffic and like the people are lame and gay. And I'm like, I mean, it is what you make it. The yeah. experience is what you make it. Um, but but in, just even in that, re- in that response, I can tell that he's suppressing how, and how, being like, defensive. What about that, though? Because he is attacking it. It's not like if you said, wouldn't it be dope to live in Wisconsin? Wisconsin? I'd be like. I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but if you want to live there, that's fucking cool. I wouldn't start being like, no, Wisconsin's gay. Like, that doesn't, that's not a normal <laughs> reaction to something that you actually don't care about. That's what I was trying to tell you before. Oh, if, okay. I see what you're saying. When you have a yeah. visceral, visceral reaction to something and you start going after it, because what the opposite of um, love isn't hate. It's, um, it's like when, I can't think of the word, but it's like when you actually don't care. When you have the no opposite of love is not caring. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's in, not hate. It's in the not indecision. Um, indifference. Okay. The opposite of love is indifference. So if you had said, "Wouldn't it be dope to live here?" He'd be like, "Yeah, maybe." Mm-hmm. That would have been a reaction where I'd be like, "Okay, maybe he's not into it." But the fact that he was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool," but fuck all this other stuff. Like, dude, yeah. relax. You don't have to be mad at the city. Like, it yeah. didn't do anything to you yet. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, you haven't even given it a chance to prove you right or wrong. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's, and I told you, I was talking to him and I, I was saying like, have you ever been on a stage? And he was like shaking and like nervous. And I could tell because I got that exact same way. I am that way. When I get on stage, I get scared. Well, I think everyone is. Right. But And even comics that are very successful even say like if you're not nervous and people who've been doing it for 15 20 years they always say the same thing like if you're not nervous before you go up then you're not you're not doing it right then you're either either egotistical or you're not doing it right and you are full of yourself yeah because everybody gets nervous but i i I find that being on stage even though it is my biggest fear you're talking about improv right just on stage in general whether i'm doing improv or not Okay. I'm just talking into a microphone in front of people. I find I'm so fucking exhilarated. I love it. It's a me thrill too. ride for me. Yeah, it's an but because rush. I've yeah, but because I've like learned how to um, understand my fear of it. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know why I'm scared, and now that I can recognize it, I can not go into that shaking sweating, crying literally is what happens is you get so embarrassed that you just start crying impulsively and you look like an idiot and you feel like an idiot because everybody's like, what's with this girl who can't stop crying? But it's because you're just so nervous and like anxiety ridden. So do you have anxiety because you, because you have eyes on you or do you, do you feel anxiety because you want to perform well and you know that you might not? It has nothing to do with whether I'll perform well or not. 
It is so everything just, just it's the attention. You. It's the mass amounts of attention okay. that you have because you are, you have a lot of power when you are conducting. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. Do you like that power? Yes. I like that power. Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're hey, controlling you know what the it whole group me of, of people. Every time, every time for anything that I've ever done where I'm like public speaking or anything, mm-hmm. which has really only been like, aside, aside from stand up, like, so, um, I, I, this is the first time that I actually realized that, um, that I th- thought that not only could I do stand up, but I want to do stand up. Mm-hmm. My grandma passed away in 2014 and, um, it was around the same time that I had just started listening to podcasts and stuff and listening to comedians talk about doing stand up, um, really famous comedians that are super successful, you know, mm-hmm. hearing them talk about it made me want to do it. But also, um, when I talked at my grandma's funeral, I was like one of three people that did it. The other one was my cousin and stuff. And I mean, it's, it's super normal for people to be nervous on stage. Yeah. Um, but for some reason that day and before this, I was always pretty good at, um, public speaking for whatever reason. I have no idea, but at my grandma's funeral, I, um, I killed Oh (laughs) yeah. straight up. There's videos of it. Like, um, what I wrote was, I felt like was really good. And then the thing that made me do it was my ex was sitting in the front row Mm -hmm. and I had said something to the effect of like, you know, my grandma really loved like, um, NSYNC and Michael Jackson and like, you know, all these like different artists that maybe some of them are still alive, but some of them passed away like Michael Jackson. And I was like, you know, maybe I was like, I just hope that she's up there partying with Michael Jackson. And I was like, and I was like, well, if he's even in heaven <laughs> and like for some reason, like, and there was no expectation of me being funny since it's a fucking funeral. Right. But at the same time, me just lighting the mood and cracking a little joke that I just said totally in the moment, I made like 300 people laugh, right. like out loud, a real laugh. And I'm yeah. not just, they didn't go like, huh. Yeah. And I remember like when I did that, I didn't even mean to be funny, mm-hmm. but I remember people started laughing. So I stopped talking and I remember I looked at my ex and like I, when you're with someone, you know, like when they're fake laughing or when they have a genuine laugh out loud moment. Yeah. And she was like laughing out loud. And I was like, oh, that felt so good. <laughs> and that was literally the first moment when I was just like, I can do that. Right. I can straight up, I can do stand up comedy. And then when I try to do stand up comedy, then I get up there. And that's why I had just asked you, like, is it, is it the eyes on you that is the hard part or is it you want to have you want people to respect you for what you're saying sort of thing. Like, do you want people to, yeah. I mean, I want people to respond to what I'm saying. Because for me, it's not being heard. Yeah. But for me, it's not the eyeballs on me. It's the, um, it's the content that I'm saying, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And cause like, I believe in the stuff that I'm saying sort of, but like sometimes I just can't get my words out. Right. Or sometimes I like will stutter if I'm on stage in front of like four other comics and it's fucking, super terrifying because you know they're just judging the shit out of you mm-hmm. you know and what you're saying and stuff and you yeah it's like it's not that like people are looking at me on a stage it's that people are looking at me on a stage and they have an expectation an expectation for you to be funny and i don't really know if i'm funny or not all right. i know is that i make people laugh sometimes mm-hmm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i know that i have some thoughts that are pretty fucked up and funny yeah that's all i know so it's just like this battle of like trying to get that all out onto paper and then like 
creating a performance around it. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part about stand-up. Mm. I feel like I have gone through such a journey of being comfortable with myself and I'm so like I have one insecurity and that is having herpes that's the only thing that I'm insecure about and that's why is that really the only thing yes I swear to god it's the only thing it's the only thing that I would get a little bit emotional or you know, like a little still shaky. Yeah, I mean, it's still a sensitive topic, but so that's why I throw that, it out would... as much as I possibly can. And I'm glad that I have it, to be honest. It has changed how I look at the world. It's changed how I look at, at other people. It's like my, like everybody has like their cross to bear. Mm-hmm. And once you can overcome it, you can fucking do anything. Because as soon as you put your, what is it, Eminem, that's like his whole thing. As, as soon as you put all of your insecurities out there, nobody can talk. You can't get... Like, nobody can take you down because you're like, I've already owned the fact that I have a flaw or whatever they are if there's more than one. Well, everybody has flaws. Yes, but once you own them and, like... But it's flaws that you're insecure about that really fuck with you. Yeah, that actually, like, is a mental thing. So now when I go on stage and I just, like, as long as, like... Like, there's nothing anybody can say. That's why I'm so comfortable on stage because what are you going to fucking say to me? What could you possibly say? I can't think of anything. <laughs> you have a very powerful personality. But only because I've learned how to own it. You know, I wasn't always you like this. You own herpes? Yes. Okay. Isn't that weird? It's totally <laughs> weird, but it, it makes me feel you invincible. You should actually have a shirt that says hashtag I own herpes. I own herpes or yeah. I am herpes. <laughs> <laughs> I am herpes would be pretty funny though. I am herpes. <laughs> I just, it's such a like sensitive word to me even. like Herpes? It doesn't sound nice because it is like the butt of a lot of jokes in like movies and stuff. Yeah. Like herpes I guess is one incurable. Of my, like, it's like a, it's a pun. It's a, it's a, um, I was watching something the other day and there was a joke about herpes and I was, it's like, everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, now I'm affected by this. Now I, you're like, I know, oh, you. I know somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now people, it's like when, when everybody was, you know, saying gay and fag and it's like, oh, now that I know a gay person, I am sensitive to that word now and I don't want to say it. To be real, I've always said, like, oh, that's gay. But I never meant it, like... No, nobody does. That's homosexual. I get and it. And I do call some of my friends who clearly aren't gay faggots. But yeah. that's just, like, I'm just... I like it's just I, that one word of those, still like, triggers for me. It does. Ins- Hanging out with yeah, you and Mike and was actually... It was hard when you guys would just throw that shit around because I'm no, very yeah. sensitive to it. No, and that's something that, um, that I... When I moved out here, I was like, I was like, whoa, I can't be saying that. Mm-hmm. That's why I want them to be here because they need to get hit in the head with that yeah. shit. That's really the only thing I say that I like shouldn't say. Yeah, you know, but um, it's being ignorant. But it is super. Is a lot of it. It is. It really is. And I didn't really know that until I moved here. Right. You know. Because once you see I mean, how your words affect other people in public, like if you're walking through like the grocery store and you're like with your friend, like, "What beer should we get?" I don't know, faggot. Like, obviously, don't do that in like a store. Well, or anything like that, but just like over text and stuff. I, I, yeah. No, I still, I still can't I moved, do it. When I moved out here is really, really when like, I'd be like, whoa, like if I say that out loud or if I even say that like in a text and like someone's like behind me in line at Starbucks and I'm like typing to someone and I'm, even though I'm joking and I say like, Fire. like if somebody sees that, like they're going to be like, Jesus, he's a dick. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I am sort of a dick, but I'm not trying to be like that type of dick. Yeah. You know? So. It is interesting. The fact that those guys, your friends don't live here and they speak like that. It's just, yeah. A lot of of people do. 
Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, um, it's but pretty common. A big thing, like I like just learning about other people's insecurities and like the things that bother them. I'm just way more sensitive to. Not like I don't feel the need to like placate people and like be nice to them, but like if I can tell something is honestly affecting them, like in a deep way, then mm-hmm. I'm gonna not do that because I'm trying to. I want to be a nice human to another human. It's like yeah, yeah. if you're getting mad about something that is irrelevant, then I'm not gonna fucking bullshit like where with people you. People live geographically. Yeah, I just feel like, like oh, you live in L.A. That must mean you suck cock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, good one. Cool, cool. That was such yeah. a good burn, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess one thing that I'm sort of like, I wouldn't even call it insecure, but like, yeah. When I was a kid, it was like an ongoing joke, and then the other day, it like got brought back to the surface. I was going to the doctor, and like, um, this was like two or three months ago, but I was going to the doctor, and like the doctor, I was going there for my back, because mm-hmm. like I told you the other day, when I was 17, I had something. Well. Throughout my childhood, I guess, I had something called kyphosis, which is essentially the opposite of scoliosis. Scoliosis, right. Yeah, right. So, like, instead of a snake like this, Mm -hmm. the middle of my back went like that. It, like, caves. Caved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had to get a thing, like a rod in there to straighten it out. Got it. Um, It sucked. And I still have back problems, obviously. But um, when I was a kid, like, I didn't... It wasn't really that bad when I was, like, maybe 10 and stuff. But this little, like, hump on my back runs in my family. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> so you were insecure had, about having a humpback? Yeah. Because everyone else had like nice posture and stuff. And I was like, yeah. what's going on back here with my back, you know? Mm-hmm. But ironically, third or fourth grade, I can't remember. I had a hunchback of Notre Dame backpack <laughs> because that movie had just come out. And you like were the just... Disney one with Quasimodo and like the little dragon gargoyle thing. Yeah. I never even saw that movie, but. You like, didn't see it and you had a backpack? Yeah, because it was probably on clearance because nobody liked that fucking movie. My mom only bought shit on clearance. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom's a good woman. Yeah, yeah. She's like, here's your fucking backpack. I remember when I got a new backpack. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, my mom loves me. But like, I remember when I got a new backpack. It was was like fourth or fifth grade. I got one every year. I got a new one, I swear to God, every year. I didn't. Fourth or fifth grade, I remember I got this. My my nanny, my grandma, um, I got home from school one day and there was... um, Cause like I always told my mom like God I hate this fucking Quasimodo backpack. Cause like people like I feel like people like think that I'm like trying to own this humpback thing that's going on with me and like I just don't like it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, <laughs> I remember like I had it for like maybe two years and then my grandma had come over and she like went out and bought me a new backpack. And they like kind of surprised me with it and like put it like on my door and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like so stoked that I got a new backpack. What I was started, it? It was just like a green oh, backpack just from plain. Target. Yeah, but it. I just loved it way more because it didn't have fucking Quasimodo. Did people like it. tease you about it, or think, you were just? I think self- once, but I was just self-conscious about it. Mm. Um, I think like once someone might have said something, but I was more just self-conscious about it. Yeah. And then the other fucking day at the doctor, dude, <laughs> this guy was checking out my back, and like, I don't know if he was trying to be funny or something, but he was like, he was like touching like my back up here and like just checking it out or something. He's like, he's like, man, you really got like a hunchback another thing. Or a uh, hunchback of Notre Dame, Dame thing. thing going on back here. And I was like, "That's so rude of like a medical fucking professional." But I was like, "I was like, I could get offended right now, or I could just laugh at the situation because it is honestly kind of funny." <laughs> and like this guy probably isn't. I mean, he wouldn't say that intentionally to hurt my feelings or anything like that. So it's right. not like. So I just laughed. I'm like, "Yeah, bro, <laughs> I got it going on." You know, whatever. Well, yeah, that's like owning your flaws. 
That's yeah. what I was talking about. It's not like I'm like really insecure about it though. It's just like, well, self-conscious and insecure are like the same fucking thing. That's self-conscious. I wouldn't say I'm self-conscious of it either. Oh, you know, it's literally it's not even a big deal. But it is something. That and if you I really want to point it out. Yeah, but I, it's something that, like, sort of bothers me about, like, my body. Mm-hmm. But, like, I guess it doesn't bother me that much because I know, like, I can just change it if I really need to. Mm-hmm. Like, by just working out super hard and, like, wearing, like, a little back brace thing. Like, I could change it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what... I think that's, like, what a lot of things... like... You were saying you were kind of insecure about your nose, right? hmm So, like, in order to fix that, if you really were still insecure about it, you would have to get surgery. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like some people are just fucking like, you're not ugly, but I feel like some people are super fucking ugly. And what? Well, I mean, that they is have a word. Get surgery? No, but they can't do anything about it. Yeah, well. Like. I don't know. Like, I can't. I can do stuff about, like, the stuff that I don't like about myself. Yeah. I just choose not to because I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. I feel like putting time into it, I guess. Mm. But, like. Well, for I guess a that while, doesn't make me insecure, though. I don't know. It, no, I'm saying it doesn't make me insecure because I know that if I really need to, I can just change it. Okay, yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. To be like, well, if I, I can just fix this. Yeah. Instead of I'm stuck with this, I'm going to have to... Yeah, like if you have like seven fingers, you're like, well, what the fuck do I do? Chop two off or just leave it? You know, like can't really do anything about it. Well, I don't think a lot... I don't think most people look at it that way. Like what? Like, well, I can either fix it or I cannot. Like, nobody, they don't pose that question to themselves. Probably because they can't change it. Whatever like, their insecurities are. Well, if it's a personality thing. Oh, oh, is that what you're talking about specifically? The personality issue with people? No, it could be physical or not. Oh, okay. Because you were talking about herpes and then... Yeah. Okay. Well, like, personally, like, okay. So, what I was going to say earlier when you were talking about wanting to do stand-up and stuff, I was always, I was the younger sister. Yeah. I was the youngest of the cousins on, like, my mom's, like, funny, funny side of the family. Um, I was the young, one of the youngest of, like, the the neighborhood. And, like, I was always around funny people, but I was never the one making anybody laugh. And that always kind of bothered me. taking it in. I was loving it, though, because it was like a comedy show every time I would hang out with people because everybody I knew was so funny, yeah. and I loved it, but the problem was I was always that girl to the side that was just giggling like mad and had nothing to offer. I never had anything to enter into the conversation. I never got a line in that got a laugh, and it always bothered me that I felt like anytime I would start talking, nobody gave a shit, and they would just like talk over me or like none of my stories got heard because, yeah, honestly, 100%. I couldn't fucking tell a story. I... You know, I was so just trying to be funny and I wanted people to listen to me that it probably sounded like desperate and horrible. Mm-hmm. So I was like, re- I was annoying I was for a while, I think, when I was younger. Oh, I was the same way for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of kids are, though. Yeah. Like, few kids are actually just genuinely funny. Or just genuinely, like, cool people. That's yeah. very rare. For a kid? Mm hmm. I know one. Yeah. Sometimes you'll find one. You're like, well, well how are two. you so cool, man? I know two, actually. Like, they're just, like, super cool with who they are immediately. Yeah, my cousin Benjamin is like that. It's so <laughs> He's weird. like 11 or 12. Yeah. I should probably know this. <laughs> He's your what? Your nephew? He's my cousin, actually. Oh, he's but your cousin. He's, yeah, my, um, yeah, my, I have, I have my mom and then she has two sisters, so I have two aunts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
two uncles. Um, specifically, my aunt Chasey has three three kids. They're all my age. Well, not all my age, but like around the same age. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty two, twenty five, twenty seven, or twenty eight. And then I have um, my aunt Christy and Uncle Rick, and those who, those people, them, they are the reason why I like. I feel like I got into like comedy sometimes when I was a kid mm-hmm. because like my uncle Rick, first of all, my uncle Rick is basically Jack Black. <laughs> okay. I always thought that like if he was just like a single man and he lived in Hollywood and he was like trying really hard to make it in some kind of comedy realm, whether it be improv or Stand sketch up, or whatever. Sketch, acting. Mm-hmm. He 100% would have made it. Yeah. Because he, um, when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite things to do was watch all the home videos that he would make. Oh, he home had videos this, are like, the best. They had him and my Aunt Christy, they had this like fake um, like game show or something like that. And it was all scripted. And I don't remember much of it, but I remember the funniest part was that like my Uncle Rick was like the host, I think. Or maybe my Aunt Christy was. And one of them was like a contestant. And someone won something on the show and was like, and you want a brand new Toyota. And then it like panned over and it was just a Yoda from Star Wars, like a toy version. And it was just <laughs> sitting on a thing. Like I always thought that was the, like, I was like maybe seven or eight. And I was like, really? that was That's the, the funniest best goddamn thing ever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, they had, they still have them somewhere, you know, like all those videos that they used to make. But, um, and he was just always like the wackiest uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the best. He just had a sense of humor is what it sounds like. Sense of humor, but also just absolutely no fear. Like, whenever we would go to... At Universal Studios over here, there used to be this, like, um, this stunt show, but they would grab somebody from the audience. Oh, shit. He was always the guy that's like, take me. And, like, he was like, so eccentric that people always picked him. Oh, yeah. When we went to Florida, he was a part of, like, some other thing, too. Like, we went to Disney World and there was a show or something like that that you like go up and you act on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he, they're very religious and they always go to church and they're always a part of the plays at church. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just those type of people. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where I like, as a kid, I always like, he was always making everybody laugh and I was like, God, I love that. Like, yeah, that was my so... entire fucking family mm-hmm. and everybody I was friends, like my whole, like, I can't, That that's why when I had my like, did I tell you about my like coming to Jesus moment at the UCB theater? Okay. No. So this is my like coming to comedy story. Which is in story. Hollywood. What? The UCB theater. Yes. Okay. You're like very stuck on the fact that we're in Hollywood. I don't even live in Hollywood. You know no, no, that, no. right? No, no, no. Because I, most people, when I first heard what UCB was, I thought it was a college. Oh. I thought, well, because there's a, um, there is an actual college. Um, I forgot what it stands for, but it's called CBU. Mm-hmm. It's around here somewhere. Mm. So when people were saying UCB, I thought that was just like some other college. Oh, well, then I can explain what it is, if that will help. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, explain what it is. Okay, so UCB is the Upright Citizens Brigade, and it is an improv troupe originally Mm -hmm. uh, that was created by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, and then the two other dudes who I can never remember their names. So sorry. Tina Fey? No. Tina Fey didn't start it? Mm -mm. It was uh, Amy and three dudes. Just okay. four of them. Okay. Um, Tina was in on. New York too, didn't it? Yeah, it started in New York. When they came to, like, when they performed, Tina and Horatio and some of those other dudes that you would associate, they would come. But the original four was just them four. And they're the ones who created. So after they had this troupe, they were like, we're going to create a school for improv 
to teach other comedians like the craft. So I don't know if they made one in New York and then they came to LA. I don't know the facts of it. I think it, it started but, in New York. Um, but yeah, so they have one in LA and it uh, they have a whole like classes and stuff that you can take. Like I'm in improv 201, so I'm at the second level, but there's like sketch writing classes you can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's like a stand up or something. There's like musical theater you can do. There's a lot of stuff. So basically I was taking regular acting classes like at a Meisner, like, you know, whole fancy schmancy acting thing. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. connecting with anybody. Like nobody had my sense of humor. Nobody really got me like, and they were all fine people. And like, I got what they wanted to do, but I wasn't like vibing with anybody. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to make shit. I want to like do this craft. I don't want to just learn about it. I want to actually immerse myself into it. I was like so antsy all the time. Mm -hmm. So and I had a friend, Vanessa, who I worked with. She went to UCB, and I was like, I want to do that next. Like, that was, like, my next class that I wanted to take. And so what happened was um, this past year, or the year before, I didn't get to go home for Christmas. And that's the first time I've ever missed a Christmas. In 2016? 17. 16? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2016, was the only year I have ne- I hadn't seen my family. And my family especially on my mom's side, we are close as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like my cousins are like my brothers and sisters. They all came to my 21st birthday party. Like I had one friend that I wasn't related to at my party. Everybody else was family. Oh wow. Or like a friend of a family member. Like I, like we go having Christmas is Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. It's so until we like count down the days we are obsessed with each other. So one year apart from them, I didn't realize when I saw them again this Christmas, how much I miss them and -hmm. how much like this family is like my tribe. Like these Mm -hmm. are my people. They get me and I get them. Yeah. And I was sitting at dinner and I just like looked down the table and I just like looked at the love coming from this table. You just started crying like you are right now. I, I was getting emotional like I was right now. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, Holy shit. I'm so lucky and blessed. And I love these people. And my cousin Brent next to me, he's such a, piece of shit he well actually Aslan who was sitting across from me looks behind me there was a window and she goes oh my god it's snowing and I was just like relax (laughs) relax yeah yeah so then Brent leans over and he goes isn't it so nice that you're here with your family and they all love you so much and we can all get together and I was like you better shut the fuck up I swear to god I'm gonna start like bawling (laughs) right now dude so I had that and then I came back to LA and I went to the UCB theater I think it was after like my first class or something. And I just spent some time there because they have um, underneath the studio, the class studio, which is upstairs, they have, they have a regular stage area and then they have like a cafe that's linked to another stage room, but it's like super, UCB? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. it's called the inner sanctum cafe. Okay. So they have like a coffee shop like private. No, oh. it's open to the public. Oh. Um, it's a coffee shop. And then in another room that's attached, they have like a really small, it's like a stage. It's like barely off the ground. It's really yeah, low key. Yeah. And I sat in there and was like doing work and I love the energy of the place. And I stay there long enough to see that it, at the inner sanctum, they have three shows every night, but the shows, they're not like productions. It's all workshopping stuff. So it's like an open mic for storytellers an open mic for stand up, an open mic for characters. So mm-hmm. like, you know, there are characters on SNL 
Yeah. Like those people, you can go to UCB if you have like, um, I have this idea for a character, this one dude, he's so funny. I've seen him a couple times. He has this like Green Bay Packer, like way fan guy yeah. where he like, he's like, oh yeah, I got you. Like he's like so over the top, so ridiculous, <laughs> has these dumbass sunglasses. He's hysterical. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you get on that stage and you just workshop your comedy and I saw that and I was like, holy fuck. Like, and this was your coming to Jesus moment. Yeah. I didn't realize that you could do that. Mm-hmm. I thought that people like you worked on it in your room by yourself or you were lucky enough to have a writing partner or I don't know. You like walked. I didn't realize that there was a place where you could like construct comedy. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I'm sitting Not there watching these. Yeah, yeah. And like out loud with people that aren't going to boo you off the stage, mm-hmm. people that are supporting you being like, they won't laugh if it's not funny, but they're not going to be dicks about it either. You know, they'll laugh when it's appropriate. And then if it's not funny, they don't laugh and you go, okay, that didn't work. Let me figure out why that didn't work or what I can do. So it's the opposite of stand up. They're really nice. Yeah. It's super nice and it's yeah. super low stakes, which is what made the transition to being on any type of stage way easier. Mm-hmm. Because I saw there was a storytelling open mic and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even, I I have a couple of stories that I like to tell people. Like the first time I took a shit outside or like, uh, that sucks by the way. What? Taking a shit outside. It's liberating, except you have nothing to wipe with. Oh, it was like that kind of situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like it was desperation. You went like camping and you took. No, I was at a party in the Hollywood Hills. (laughs) And I had took a shit in somebody's backyard because I had to go to the bathroom so bad. And the girls in line were like, oh, my God, we totally have to pee, too. And I was like, if you don't get out of the fucking way, I'm going to shit on this floor. <laughs> and, and they were like, they were like, oh, no, we can all go in together. And I was like, I don't need witnesses. How big is this bathroom? It was, there was one bathroom in the whole place. They had a fucking waterfall into a pool in the living room, but there's one bathroom in the whole place. I feel like that's how a lot of places in LA are. Just one bathroom that everybody has to share. Yeah. It was terrible. So I was, I was going to pass out. I, I've never had to shit so bad in my life. Mm -hmm. It was, it was weird. I was like, I don't even know what I fucking ate or what, but I found a sliding glass door behind me into their backyard and I just like found a spot and was like, I hope they think this was a dog because this is horrible. Ooh. It was, yeah. So anyway, so I have those types of stories and I Mm -hmm. think that was the first one I told Mm -hmm. and I got up on stage and they were like, is there anything you want to plug before or whatever? And I was like, this is my first time doing this. They were like, awesome, Mm -hmm. go ahead. And so I started telling the story and just, I kind of was like, okay, if I was telling this to just like my friends or like a couple of people, just do it that way. Don't like, I don't know. I I kind of was trying to be as natural as possible and like Mm -hmm. be myself and it worked. And I was like, okay, thank you. And then I walked off stage and I hadn't burst into tears and people Everything laughed. Was good. And, and then you felt high because it was a rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to do this all the time. I need to be on a stage with a microphone. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. The first time that I, um, like, there was talking at, it's, it's weird for some reason when you just, even if there's no one in the room, if you get on the stage for some reason, it just feels weird, right? Mm hmm. Um, because the first time I really talked in front of a lot of people was at my grandma's funeral. Right. Um, and then again, I um, talked at another funeral. And then um, I had a public speaking class, which I killed, too, for some reason. It was, like, the only class that I ever got more than 100% in the class. Nice. Yeah. I just, like, did extra credit. It wasn't a big deal. But, like, any other class, I've, even in high school, I never got, like, an A++. Mm-hmm. Public speaking was the first one, and I really surprised myself with that because it was just... I feel like I, I never w- thought that I would. I be wouldn't doing have. It. I <laughs> I always uh, 
figured I wasn't good at public speaking because I was well, always so Well, most people do. And then if you just sit and think about it, like, what is it really? It's just a bunch of eyeballs looking at you. Yeah, you keep saying that, and it's not how I think about it at all. But that's how I, that's how I think about it. Like right. when, like if I'm on stage or something like that, and it's probably different for everybody. Everyone mm-hmm. has different barriers to get through. But like, it's weird for a second. And then you just realize that everyone's just a person, just like you. And that it's just a bunch of eyeballs. So I agree with you that it, people are just people. That's yeah. been my like mantra, just being in LA yeah. most of the time. Like I, cause I, Oh, by the way, you, so you had, you moved to LA and then you had your coming to Jesus moment? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. It's usually opposite for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that I was in the right place. It was just specifically where I wanted to go. Because when I was to with... You here because you were too cold. I was, yes. I was too okay. cold. And I was bored. I was cold and bored. But I wanted to move here because I wanted to be around this creative energy, but I hadn't really felt it yet. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was like, oh, fuck, that's what this is. It felt like... Because I was, I was sitting there watching this dude do his characters or whatever in like the back corner, and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I was so overwhelmed because I had that exact same feeling as sitting at that dinner table while I was watching this guy. Like, holy shit, this is home. And this other dude was sitting at the table, and he was like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm just realizing that I want to be a comedian like right now. And he was like, oh, this is the moment? And I was like, uh-huh, you're witnessing it. And he was just like, what the fuck? And now he's like <laughs> one of my friends. His name is really? Peter. He's a... Cool. Yeah, he just moved here from Canada. So now I was oh, like... Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I've never met anybody like you. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking intense, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just start crying all the time. Yeah, I just start... It's not a big deal. Busting into tears. Yeah, but I feel like... Um, I feel like everywhere else is just boring. And it, it goes back to what I was saying. Like, we are definitely, like, living in a bubble. Because there is, like, the real world. You know, like, people got to be... People got to be teachers. People got to be doctors and nurses. Yeah. People got to be, like, electricians. People got to be... Construct- yeah. People have to do that stuff. It's not a matter That's, of, like... Uh, but I, I have such time, a complicated view on that right now. But for me, though, it's... It's, like... Dude, I've been through some shit in my life and it's just like, I just don't want to be tied down to just a job that I don't like doing because I've had all types of jobs. Mm-hmm. I've had jobs that people would consider a real job. Then I've had like, I've worked at pizza places and now I'm a bartender mm-hmm. and I make good money doing that. So I'm going to continue doing that while I do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, people think that for some reason, if you like move here, that you're just up and leaving everything behind. It's always going to be there, whatever that is. It's always going to be there. You can always go back. You can go to college when you're 35. Yeah. You can get a career. I know this guy that was on heroin for... <laughs> Casual transition. Dude, I'm serious. I know this guy that was on heroin for like 18 to 19, 20 years or something like Shit. that. Got off heroin when he was 42 and now he's an RN. What's an RN? A registered nurse. But it takes a lot of schooling to get into, to be an RN. There's different Good for levels. him. Exactly, but there's different levels of nurses, right? Right. There's like LVN and then CNN or not CA, something like that. And then there's RN, right? Which is like the most prestigious, I think, oh, of the I, nurses. Oh, I, no, I know nothing about nursing. Me neither. Okay. No, I dated one. You uh, dated but, a nurse? Yeah, she's an RN at Children's Hospital. Mm. Yeah. So he she was an RN. Like six years. Which yeah, means... but he, he was on heroin for like a long time. Right. So got, you can throw away off, 20 years real quick. Got off heroin, which is one of the hardest things to do for people. And then did one of the like... Hard- Other hardest to, things, which yeah. is being a nurse. Yeah. So like anytime I think that like 
and I've never thought that I'm like making a wrong choice by doing this ever. No, never. But like if I do one day, I'll just think about that guy and be like, no, it's fine. It goes back to what I was saying about like my back and stuff. Like I can change it if I want to. Mm-hmm. Like I can make it, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And for some reason, people feel like they're just stuck, stuck and tied down. So like many people think do... that they can't change things just because that's where they currently are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. When I was 21 or 20, I mean, I was, I never even finished that story. But when I was like 19, 20, 21, all I gave a fuck about was being in a band. Right. Um, super into metal. And I just wanted to just fucking riff all day and just play guitar with people and just create music and just try. I was in like two different bands at one point Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to make stuff happen and never finished the story, but I was talking to my friend Brandon and I told him like, dude, how, how fucking amazing would it be to do this for a living? What we're doing right now? Cause we were like sitting down, he was on bass and I was on guitar and we were just making shit and we sucked. But like that, I was having a great time doing it. And I was just like, how, how dope would it be to be doing this? What was his response? He agreed. Oh, but now he is married and has a kid. Which happens. But your point was you had a realization point. of you could that do I this. don't want to do anything that's just normal because it's just so fucking boring. Yeah. I said, like, how dope would it be to be in a band and like to have like my like our little brothers like look up to us and stuff because we're in a band too. Mm. Like how dope would that be? And then just be like like we did it. Mm. You know? Like we created something with our brains and our artistic expression that is now living out in the world and we're like sort of getting paid for it. You are? No, we weren't getting paid for it at the time. But that was the goal. Oh, right. Like, how dope would that be to be able to do that? Yes, that's the ultimate goal. And I feel like when we look at it that way, that's like when you know you'll get successful. Yeah. Because you're not trying... We're not chasing... Neither one of us is doing this because we want I'm not trying to be Brad Pitt. Right. We don't want... For some reason, when you move to Hollywood, like... Yeah, everybody assumes you want to be... Yesterday, there was a cop at my bar and he was talking to me and he was like, he was like, oh, that's funny that you, that you live in LA, but you work in Corona because I live in Corona, but work in LA and I'm LAPD. Mm. I said, oh, that's cool. And he's like, so what, what the fuck are you doing out there anyway? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually starting a podcast and I'm trying to, you know, get into standup, trying to be better at standup. Right. And, um, he said, he said like, oh, okay. Cause like, so like an actor. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I literally Sir. just told you. So you're very mistaken. Do you not know the difference between a stand-up comedian and yeah, an but actor? Some, but that's what I mean. Like some people are just meant to just do their fucking job. I agree with you. Like, I think just there are dead, not dead, but like, <laughs> be brain dead and just do your fucking whatever you're supposed to do. Well, there's. Um, I did a lot of research recently into personality types. So mm-hmm. like you're like, uh, it's like E N F G or F J or whatever. Like those letters. Have you, the Myers Briggs. Have you? Are you familiar? Yeah, but with I that? thought Type A was a thing. No, 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 not Type. But that's a different setting. Okay. So Myers Briggs yeah. is like a personality. I took one of those a long time ago. I don't remember it though. I took it twice. Well, I've okay. taken it again since then. But uh, we were given it for whatever reason in college. I took it freshman year, and then I took it senior year. And what was wild to me, anyway, was that it changed. Yeah. Yeah. So freshman year, I took it, and it said that I was introverted. And, mm-hmm. like, way introverted because I, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I was, like, I would get very animated when I was with people. And I could be animated once I got comfortable in a situation. It wasn't, like, severe shyness or anything. But 
if I was in a new place where I didn't know people or I felt intimidated, I would keep my mouth shut as much as possible because, you know, survival or whatever. Same. So Whenever then, I start a new job, it's like that for me. Yeah, you kind like, of feel I'm, out the situation before you I, I, show up. Because I'm very, like, I, I wouldn't say I goof around a lot, but I do crack a lot of jokes and I, like, make fun of stuff and I talk shit and I, I'm very, like... Not I'm serious? Not serious most of the time. And it's not because... People mistake that for being like, oh, don't take him seriously. But at this, I'm just like trying to lighten the mood because I feel like I hate what I'm doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like no one else really sees it that way. So like whenever I start a new job, I'm always like baseline, baseline, just, just like person. It's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. yeah weather's crazy today. I'm just huh? going to be a person cool. for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So then senior year, I took it again. And I was like extroverted on the way other side of the scale. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's super interesting. And what I didn't realize was after I'd taken that first test where it said that I was introverted. You were a virgin. Excuse me? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Like you were a virgin. You lost your virginity. Then you're extroverted. No, that's not how that works. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, After it told me that I was introverted, I was like using that as an excuse. Which I didn't realize until because some stupid test told you you, you were well. Introverted. It was it was it was telling me where I was in that moment, right? So then yeah. after that, I would use it as a defense mechanism, like, oh, I can't do that. I'm introverted. <clears throat> oh, okay. Like I would limit myself because I thought, oh, only extroverted people can do that. Like it was a weird. Yeah. It was a mental block of whatever. I don't know what happened. I think once I, honestly, once. Uh, the guy that I was sleeping with found out that I had herpes. The whole school found out. And then I got past it. Mm-hmm. I was able to be myself and be comfortable. And that's when my extroversion natural self came out because I was like, well, fuck what everybody thinks. I'm just going to be who I am. And yeah. who I am is extroverted because I love people and I love doing things and I like being out in the world. I like living. I like being a human that's alive. You know what I mean? So just, and I realized that I was like, wow, just because it told me I was introverted, I thought that I had to be that way, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any fucking sense. But as soon as that test was like, you're extroverted as fuck. I was like, oh, why am I just do whatever I want to do. Don't worry about what about other things are a, telling you. How about just don't let like 20 questions determine who you are. Well, it's not only 20 questions that happens with a lot of people when other people put stuff and put labels on them and they start saying, no, this is how I am. It's like, um, like, have you ever heard of affirmations? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that. I was like giving myself an affirmation, of, affirmation of you're an introvert, you're an introvert, but, but then And I've done one recently and that's how I've gotten a lot. That's how I got over my nose and like my chin thing and like chin. Yeah. I don't have a very strong chin. It kind of bothers me, but I kind of never noticed it. Yeah. Well, I want, um, strong chin. I think you would look weird if you had a strong chin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think strong chin, chin, not a strong chin, like manly, but like there's like this neckline thing. That's really gorgeous that a lot of models and stuff just have. And it makes you just photogenic and I just don't have it. And I don't know. It always, because I can get a double chin really fucking <laughs> easy and it sucks. <laughs> I'm not even doing anything. And it's like, you know. Yeah. And you're not like overweight or fat by any means. Exactly. And I'm like, what is this? Get this away from me. So when I do gain weight, that's where it goes. It sucks. Really? But um, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. So affirmations are something that I learned about from like this um, You Are a Badass book, which is like all about positive thinking in the universe and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it. I was like, I kept thinking like, I can't be an actor cause I'm not pretty enough. Cause I don't look like a model because I, I am a little weirder. Is that why you got into comedy? I think that I think I'm more suited for comedy. 
like you I, are, but that is yeah. Think but I was why. also holding myself back, like physically. I was like, I can't get into too good of shape because it makes other people feel bad. Because I know what my body looks like. Mm-hmm. I know that I have tits and an ass and a small waist. And if I get this shit on point, it's gonna be a head turner. Like it just is. So I like would keep my body fat higher. I think a little bit like in the back of my head, I didn't want to get too in too good of shape because I know what that rea- I know what that has in reaction to the world. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And now that's I'm just up. like, fuck all of that. That's pretty fucked up actually that you would have to think like that. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Being a just... woman in this world is terrible. I mean, it's, it's just more funny than anything. Honestly, it's better now is than funny. ever though. Being a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you first moved to LA though, like what were your first thoughts? Like, did well, you, oh yeah. Did you visit LA before you moved I did, here? Or yeah. did you just be like, oh, I fucking, I've seen every movie that takes place in LA and every picture. I'm just going to move there. No, I visited with a friend that I was supposed to move here with. Yeah. She had visited a couple of times and she, we spent that whole, the winter before, no, it was like two winters before we moved. But we spent like every day just drinking wine and talking about how life in LA is going to be. And it was like the most fun because it was like. And this is when you were in Virginia. Mm-hmm. In the cold. And we were like huddled in our basement. We would talk about what we would do and people we would meet and like how we're going to live in like a shitty one bedroom and like be Has eating any of ramen that noodles. Yet? What? Like, did you meet anybody that you wanted to meet? I mean, I've met a lot of good. It's definitely different than what I was imagining, it's better. To be oh, honest, okay. it's cool. way better. Cool. Um, but yeah, me and her, we visited for a week because she's a teacher, so it was on her spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, and just everything was great. I, mm-hmm. I did not have like, well, I'm always like a positive person anyway. So if something bad is happening, I find it hilarious because I'm like, wow, what are the odds? You know, like, yeah, this person's being crazy or like this. I'm usually not. There's so many things that happen to me in my life. Just little things that it's just like, dude, the only thing that I can do right now is as fucked up as this is, is just laugh because it's just it's so not fucked, fucked up. up. It's not. That's how you deal with tragedy is laughing. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd all be miserable, which a lot of people are. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I visited and. I, I didn't have to visit. I, I could have just moved here and been fine. A lot of people thought, like, I, I got asked when I first moved here, oh, was it a shock, like, to be in the city? But it's like, I lived in suburban Virginia, which is already very, melt is a melting pot already. So I was already surrounded by people that, a hundred million people that didn't look like me, didn't grow up like me. Like, I was already aware of that sort of difference. I did not have like the small town mentality at all. So the transition was definitely easier for me. And the traffic is better here than in, than in D.C. for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, D.C.? You lived in D.C.? Well, I lived in Virginia, which was, I was like an hour outside of D.C. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like how, okay. It's like as far as I was from L.A. when I didn't live in L.A. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I didn't, but I didn't like going into DC. It's not a fun city for me. Yeah, isn't it really shitty? Like the White House is there and everything, but isn't it like a really shit town? City? No, I mean, no. Isn't it ghetto? Not all of it. No. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the same as I feel like LA. If you were gonna make that argument, is ghetto more ghetto? But there's parts that are pretty ghetto. Oh, I'm yeah, but it's like yeah. If you're in a city, you're going to get nice neighborhoods. You're going to get dodgy places. That's just pretty much anywhere. It's just the nature of a city. Yeah. You know, when you put a lot of people in one place, things are going to happen, you know? So I just didn't like the mentality of people 
the majority of people because it's very that's where the capital is so that's where all the government is and that's where a lot of people have government jobs and they you know when you work in a government you have to watch what you say you have to be pc you have to be pretty straight lined yeah okay so when you but in here out here it doesn't matter because i'm not tied to any of that so i can say whatever the fuck i want also you could there's so many different people doing so many different things here that it it it's just totally different Mm-hmm. That's another reason I like LA so much because I mean you could you could walk into like a coffee shop and there's like someone that's like on a business call it's probably like super important or something mm-hmm. and then there's like a guy sitting next to him but he's like writing a pilot mm-hmm. you know it's just totally different I feel like the creative vibe in LA is what I wish the whole country was like if that makes sense like it's very it and I have realized it is very communal the arts of LA that I've participated in and been involved with or met people in is very, it's a community. It's very supportive. At least what I've run into. I found Which very community specifically. Why does it matter? Well, cause there's a thousand different communities. Like, are you talking about, I'm like, talking about the arts as a whole, the creative arts. Yeah. Okay. What, well, because when different? you say, well, yeah. Cause when you say arts, people are going to think like, like an artist, someone who paints or like creates a piece of art. Like yeah, that, which is like what this. an actor and a comedian and a director and a writer do. Yeah, but you have to be specific because literally people don't. Okay, so for people that don't know what art is, no, like people know what art is, but there's different types of art. Yes, and I'm talking just there's performance art, there's like yeah, and art. I'm telling you that everybody that I've met that does any of those things, whether it's mm-hmm. a painter, whether oh, okay. it's a all of the arts. Okay. It is supportive in a community. Sort of. Okay, you're telling me that my facts are wrong. You can't do that. You can't tell people their opinions are wrong. Give me your opinion. How is it different? Because most open mics, most open micers, those stand-ups that do that kind of stuff, they aren't like exactly supportive of each other. Yes. And that's definitely an art form. That's something that you have personally seen. I have not seen that is my point. Yeah, but you're saying like all of the arts together. It's a very creative... No, I said what I have experienced in the art has been communal. I'm not saying that's how it is for everybody. I'm sure there are those dicks that are like, fuck you, I'm going to get this. Those people need to get the fuck out because they're too toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So I avoid toxic people. It's pretty simple. It should be very communal. It should be very everyone supports each other no matter what. Right. But then again, if you support someone that just fucking sucks, then you're not doing them any favors. Why would you support them if they suck? Well, I mean, there's. I'm also like very selective of who I creatively um, mix mesh with. with. Mesh with, yeah, for yeah, sure. There's, um, but there's a lot of like, it's something that I always hear a lot, and I haven't been to one, I think, but alt rooms, like alternative comedy rooms. Oh, I've, and I've heard of it. Yeah, like I've heard of it too, and I guess what it is is just like, essentially, it's no different than any other open mic, but if you bomb you still get like really good supportive energy. Mm, mm-hmm. And I feel like with standups, like especially that's not doing anyone any favors. I feel like it might be. No. Yeah. With standup, you need to be. No, no, pressure, no, no. Pressure makes diamonds. And I feel like with standup, you need to sort of be a dick, but it's to get sort of it a negative energy. I don't believe in negative energy be- being beneficial. Okay. I mean, I can see how it would work. I don't think that is the only way that it could work Mm -hmm. because 
if you're in a supportive community, then you are more likely to try and like the more you fail, the more that you realize what you need to fix and how you but can if be you're, successful. But if, if you're, you're afraid, failing, if you're too afraid to fail, then you can't get better. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that if you're failing and you're in an alt room and you're doing stand up and you're failing, mm-hmm. but people are still supportive and really nice to you and said, "No, that was a good, that was a good set." Oh well, that. I'm not saying they need to lie to you. But that's what I'm saying. That's what alt rooms are. Oh, they're yeah. liars. Yeah, it's like that's. What, I mean. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I hear from other people that mm. that's what it is. I would assume it's, hey, you tried. It didn't work. Uh, f- fix it. Like the first open mic that I went to, the first open mic that I went to, um, I got up there. The first thing I said got a chuckle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was just talking. And since I was bombing, and this was the first time I've ever done stand up, I was just bombing and I was just like super nervous. And I just like, some guy told me that I looked like um, Aquaman or something like that. So <laughs> I thought. So I thought. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so I thought. So I thought that. Um, so I, I'm like, okay, he he likes comic book movies, and it was like that day was the day that the trailer for the Avengers movie was coming out, which actually comes out today. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first trailer for it came out that day, and I was just, and I had a thought on it that like all these movies are the fucking same, and it's just blah blah blah, and so I just started. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, what do you? Th- who saw that new uh, Avengers trailer today?" And that, of course, that guy, which I was hoping for, was like, "Oh, can I saw it?" And then I was like, "Yeah, it's so fucking. It's probably gonna suck, dude. And someone's gonna die because it's just the same shit as like always and stuff." And then he's just like, "Yeah, whatever." And then I was just like talking to this guy, but I was standing on the stage with a microphone, and like other people are waiting to go up. And then the DJ, well, not the DJ, but the the host, host. the host, um, <laughs> was just like. Um, in the middle of my conversation, he's like, yeah, you're done. And I was like, I was like, dude, thank you. And he, and everyone like kind of started laughing and I was just like, but that's what I feel like it should be. Like he wasn't being a dick, but he was being like, he was letting me know like, Hey, you're bombing right now. It's not going anywhere. Let's just move along. Yeah. You know, but he did it in a like funny manner. I laughed. I didn't think it was mean. Well, that's, but if that was an alt room, people would have been like, no, you did really, really well. That was, um, yeah, no, that was good. If that's really what an alt room is. But that's what I hear what it is. Yeah, I think, okay, there are two different types of people. And depending on which one you are, that's how you'll react. So, like, me and you would react positively to a guy being like, cut your shit. And being, like, real honest, right? Because we're like, oh, good. Like, I I can understand your honesty. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people who are more sensitive or defensive or whatever their thing is, if they get, like, a cut it out, they're like, they like freak out because they can't handle the honesty, you know? So yeah, I think it depends on the person and you know, if somebody is more tentative, like somebody like Cody, he would do better in an alt room because he, he would feel better failing in front of people that are being supportive. Cause then you can have that breakthrough of, okay, I'm going to be a mess real quick, but everybody's going to be okay, and now I can go on. So then once you have that breakthrough, then you can go and deal with a room who's like, shut the fuck up. And you're like, yeah, got it. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I always, I think of it as like a threshold for uh, the, I don't know, reality, I guess, is what it would be. Like, it, there's so many people who live underneath it who have not faced who they are. They haven't faced the real, like, honest words. Uh, and then... There are people on the other side, like me and you, who we get honesty and we respect it and we look for it, you know? So when I'm, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people think that I'm mean, but I'm just really fucking honest. Like, I don't 
mince my words. I say what I mean. And I, I, and I'm really glad you do. Cause I cannot, yeah. it's one thing that I can't stand in someone is that when they beat around the bush, cause I'm they don't want to offend anybody. Fuck that dude. It's the worst. You're not helping fucking anybody. Like, yeah, you're, you're like, I just don't like babying people. I like being direct because you get to stuff faster, but also and you can I'm not doing faster it from that point. If you I'm not doing somebody, it to be, uh, mean i'm honestly like that's my biggest thing is when people think that i'm malintentioned Mm -hmm. like no i honestly i see the potential or i see the good Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to get to it faster that's why i only work with people who have good vibes and all that kind of stuff like i can work with somebody but i have to fix their negativity first you know what i mean like i'm not gonna work with somebody because you're a woman i'm just trying to fix people I do. That is, I don't know if it's being a woman, but that is definitely I think it my is thing. Because if, because I, I don't beat around the bush with people. And if someone gets offended, then I usually just disregard, like, yeah, wipe my hands. I like, think I just nothing. care about people more. Hmm. <laughs> than me? Yeah. Than men, if that's the claim. I mean, yeah, like, I mean. Women hold space for other people. That's just a natural thing that they do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that I don't care about anybody, but, um, I've learned that you just can't, if you just put a lot of effort into trying to fix people, it's just going to hurt you. That's not true. Most of the time it is. Yeah. At least in my experience. I agree that a lot of people cannot, you can't, I mean, what, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, whatever. You can tell all the people the facts of life and they Mm -hmm. can either choose to believe it or keep doing whatever the fuck they're doing. It's like our friend Mike. It's like, it's more like Cody. But well, Mike specifically, I've been telling him, I've been telling him to do that. He needs to try stand up for two, three years. He needs now. to mature a little bit before he can start doing that because he's a fucking hothead, dude. I mean, some people are just hotheads. Be a hothead; it doesn't matter. But don't like do it in a constructive way or a controlled way. Yeah, you know, what because I, mean? I find his anger hysterical. No, that's what makes him funny. He's so yeah. That's when people angle. get like super fucking passionate, I think it's more passion than him. Specifically, anger. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's for sure anger. But it, that's no, what no, it makes no. It so but funny. that's what it's 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 driving from a passionate place, and that's what um, that's what's intriguing. You think so? Yeah. I don't agree to disagree. All right, I think I'm right. You most of the time think you are. That's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm fucking a genius. I know everything. Um, no, but I mean, I. I mean, I saw that like pretty much right when like I got to know him and stuff, mm. you know, and I was, he was one of those people that was like, and like he could do stand up probably like, like I'm not like that. I'm, I'm passionate, but I'm not. Your passion just shows differently. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone's different. Like he's very eccentric and very like animated. I'm not at all. He fucking can't stop talking. What was he? He was laying down telling a story and his arms like wouldn't stop moving. <laughs> I was like, dude, relax. Oh, I wasn't here for that. <laughs> oh, he was telling me a story and he was like, he was like, yeah, I was saying it. And then I was like, I got to dip. And his like arms just started running. Yeah, he's like, he's like, like on crack. And some people just <laughs> have that like energy and stuff. And I feel like that's great for stand up, But I also feel like being someone like myself that's like extremely neurotic and is just like always in my own head. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also good for stand up too. Well, it's just whatever works like, for you. I feel personally. like if I had that eccentric, like, like charismatic personality that he has combined with what I have now, mm-hmm. like it would be so much easier to stand up. And I feel like if he had what I had as far as like, not that he's like a dumb person, but just like, just the ability to just like control yourself and like think more, think more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and sort you need like, to think less. 
Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But, like, the the ability to just, like, just chill out, mm-hmm. realistically. Yeah. Um, I think that he would be fucking great. I think you he know? would, too. Yeah. Yeah. I but, told uh, you. I was, telling him, I was telling him he was funny, and I swear to God, he but was But that like, goes back to the... He just got... He got a, super, like, it was insane. He was just like, say it again. I was like, oh, my God. A, <laughs> you know what's funny? Fucking dirty he, talk for comedians. You're so, so funny. He, yeah, seriously. You're so funny. You're so funny the way you said. Oh, my God. I'm laughing so hard. so hilarious. <laughs> no, um. I'm pissing myself laughing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it goes back to what I was saying, like, that for some reason people put Los Angeles or just even like trying to do anything that's not the normal. Mm-hmm. They put it like on a pedestal. Yeah. For some reason people just think like, no, that's not even an option. Yeah. You I think it's so out of reach. It's like, like his excuse for why he doesn't want to move out here is I can't just uproot my life. And I'm like, I was I, like, dude, I was like my, what are you uprooting? I was like, what you, do you have a kid? No. If you, are you consider married? that no. uprooting your life, I also uprooted my life, but guess what? It's right there. You're still hanging out with him. You're still working in the same place. It's like, really, what is being uprooted? Like, where you call home? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... But he lives on a fucking... He's living on a futon right now. Don't out him like that. Well, I mean... (laughs) I'm just saying, like, he's not living his dream life. Saying someone lives on a futon, like, outing someone, even though they're not here to, like, defend themselves, is like saying, like, he has a micro penis. Is it? Saying that he he sleeps on a futon? Yeah, it's, like, disrespectful. Oh. I'm just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, is, is that where he would love to be, Live dr- like, sleeping on a futon? Yeah, is that where he no, wants to up, be? Don't uproot yourself on that comfy futon That's over That's what there, I'm saying. It's, like, you're not in the lap of luxury where leaving it would be worse. It's kind of just, like, a lateral move. Yeah. But that's what, it, that's what I feel like. It's just feel like people put this place on a pedestal as far as, like, they just... I think I said this before, but like when I first moved here and I, a lot of my friends found out, like I didn't like have a big announcement, like I'm moving to Hollywood guys. Cause it's like right fucking there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm moving, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first moved here though, everyone, the first question I got was, Oh wow, you're still working over there though. Huh? It's a long drive. It's like, no, it's really not. And then the other question was like, isn't it like the cost of living really expensive there? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, just like, to live out there, like everything's way more expensive, right? And I feel like in their head, they think that the the dollar menu at McDonald's is now the two dollar menu, just in the yeah you know county of Los Angeles, <laughs> right? Or like gas is like six dollars, or like you go to get some milk and it's like eight ninety nine. Yeah, you know, I'm like, no, dude, it's the same exact thing. I know, it's the same exact thing. I think a lot of it is um, again with people being too afraid to admit things to themselves, they're too afraid to figure out what the actual facts are so that they can tell themselves that they don't want to do it. Like it's, it's a, it's a comfortability thing. People are too afraid to go outside of their comfort zone, which is wherever they currently are. Mm -hmm. And like my friend who I want to move here and be like my, she's like one of my best friends and I want her to be my personal assistant because she's super organized and like, it's so disrespectful to her. No, it's so the perfect job for her. Oh, those, there are people that that is just something they're good at. Yeah. And she would be, get to hang out with me and not work at a fucking office. She gets like, she's such a good worker. She can do any job. She's so efficient and like so smart and just like super just capable. Mm-hmm. And she's working at a job. You, you can tell they don't appreciate her. Like she's such a good, like she should be running the shit and she just isn't. Yeah. So I wanted her to move here and the, I talked to her the is other she in day. Virginia? Yeah. And she said, Oh, but I heard that I, she goes, I, uh, 
I don't know if I could do, deal with the traffic. And I was like, it's better than what it is in DC, honestly. And she goes, oh, that's not what I heard. I was like, who'd you hear stuff from? Well, it, I am living here and I'm telling you it's not as bad. Why are you taking the opinions of people like a, a, a who rumor visited, who visited California? Maybe, maybe they weekend. didn't even do that. They probably didn't even visit. They were just like, oh, that's what I heard. That's the rumor. Let me just take that as fact. It's like, no, I'm fucking telling you what the fact is. Why aren't you trusting my word over a je- like a vague one? I don't I mean, get to it. To be fair, the traffic is fucking horrible here sometimes. It's not. Not not the fucked up thing. It's not even in L.A., but in Southern California, yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, in, in D.C., I'm telling you. Oh, I bet. I can imagine. You would go. Okay, there was this strip. It's called 66. Route 66 was like the in and out of like everything yeah. for me. That's how, what I had to travel on. Yeah. And you would go like it was like three miles. It was like nothing. And it would take you like 45 an hour. Jesus. That was me yesterday trying to get to work. Right. Not, so, not even in LA though, in Corona where I work. Yeah. It was, it, dude. Because it's. I it's, turned into Mike actually for a second. I was in my fucking car just saying. Screaming. <laughs> I was so mad, dude. Yeah, dude, it's angry. Because it's just like, you, it's just like stop and go. Stop mm-hmm. and go. Stop and we go. We had this discussion before. I think that stop and go traffic, it, the, the jolting movement of your car and really. I had to pee it, like crazy. Oh, that's not helpful. God, it's the worst. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the worst. It definitely it bo- it bothers your your energy. I think like your just your body like it doesn't like to move jerkily. You know it, it like is fucking like that. Yeah, like if if I was like to shove you or if, like like that's why we like smooth. Like that's why driving on a road with nobody on it is calming and it's fun. It's my favorite thing. It's the best. That's why like when I because I used to have a. People always say like, "Oh, isn't that drive far?" And I'm like, "No, not relative." For, if it's to, if it's like clean for a long yeah. distance, oh, yeah, I would love to do that every but, day. But my my commute to work now, relative to my commute to work in 2014, um, I worked in a city called Irvine, mm-hmm. and it and I lived in a place called Menifee, and they're about 90 miles away from each other. And to get there, there's two ways you can go. That you can go. So here's here's Menifee. Here's Irvine way the fuck over here in Orange County, basically. Yeah. The freeway system goes straight out that way and does like a U around Mm -hmm. to Irvine. Or you can go over the Ortega Mountain, which usually doesn't have a lot of people on it, but it takes a little bit longer. That's the route I always go, which is like, here's But is it more straight? And you fucking just go over. Well, it's a beautiful scenery. Right. So I took that to work every day. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like two hours and ten minutes or something like that. That's what I used to do. Like instead of, of going on that movie. 66, there was like a back way that you could go through neighborhoods and stuff, which was windier and it took longer, but it was like you were always moving. Mm-hmm. So it was just way more relaxing. Mm-hmm. And I, I would do that to go home. Yeah. What brought that up? Oh, yeah, your friend saying the traffic in L.A. was worse than in Virginia. Yeah, and I'm just like so mad that people are closed-minded that way where they think... A certain place is a certain without without even fucking figuring out if it is that way. That's why it's just like hearing somebody's a dick and being like, "Oh, I heard about you." Yeah, that's that's a fucked up thing, right? That that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately because at, in the workplace, um, well, for example, like me when I first started working there, um, I got comfortable pretty quick where I worked, mm-hmm. and so I started being like kind of just who I am, like not really taking anything too seriously, making jokes, just 
having fuck, fun. fucking around, just having fun, really. Yeah. Um, and I got Sorry a lot of like, I got a lot of like negative connotations from my um, from my manager, like. Like, for a long time, he just, like, had it out for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever he would refer to me or talk about me to other people, he would talk about me in a negative way. Mm. And I don't know if that's true, but I'm pretty sure it is. Because whenever, like, someone new started, they always had this kind of, like, reservation towards me. You know? Yeah. Like, oh you're, oh, you're Anthony? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So instead like, of, like, knowing who it, you are, they took that guy's word for it. Yeah, exactly. Instead of meeting me, making their own opinion, mm-hmm. they took someone else's word for which it. Which is super fucking high school, middle school bullshit. Yeah, but with your managers talking, you know, you just kind of take his word for it. Yeah, you, know? you do. Because and I've you took respect. His, yeah. and, I've, and I've heard people talk bad about other, other servers at my job, you know, um, guys that I am sort of friends with that I at least respect in the workplace. I've heard them talk bad about other guys and then I catch myself meeting those people or coming running into those people mm-hmm. and immediately that's what I think of is like the shitty stuff that that person said about that person. Then I'm like, oh wait, like you didn't do anything to me. Why am I going to be like standoffish to you because yeah. of what someone else thinks of you? And mostly I think people really enjoy vil- villainizing things, whether people it's people too. or just, just they, they want to, People, like, enjoy thinking the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm guilty of it. They they like thinking the worst case scenario. Like, they want... Like, if somebody cuts them off or, like, if something out in the world happens that's inconvenient to you, they want to hate whatever that thing is that caused it. Instead of being like, well, maybe they were not looking. Maybe they are in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking about what that other person is doing, they think, why is this happening to me? It's very, a selfish way to look at things. Yeah. That's why whenever I have a shitty service somewhere, I'm always like, I'll still leave them a good tip. Yeah. You don't know what could be happening back there. You have no idea what's going on. And especially working in the service industry. And a lot of times when I, I think about that a lot. If if I inconvenience somebody or if I do, if I make a mistake somewhere, like, have you ever like accidentally honked your horn? No, car. I honk my horn purposely all well, the time. Well, I do it too. But sometimes I, I've done it accidentally or like done my high beams or something where people think that you're attacking oh, them or yeah, trying to, that. and you're like, oh, fuck, I, I didn't mean that. Like, I'm so sorry. Take it back. Like, you can't take that back, <laughs> you know? Take backsies. Take backsies. So sometimes if I hear a honk or a high beam or like something weird in traffic, I'm like, yeah, maybe they didn't mean to do that. It's possible because I've done it. I've mm-hmm. done it. I've done things by mistake. But what you're doing is you're taking a step back from your ego. That's really what you're doing. Is that what it is? Yeah, 100% because your ego is like being like, because if you, if you don't have any control over your ego, and I don't mean, for some reason when you say ego, people think that it means like you're egotistical mm. or like you have a big, if you even reference the word ego, people think like, oh, he means like somebody has a big ego. Mm. But really what that means is like your, your ego is like your initial thought to something for like your first initial thought to whatever is happening. Mm, like your ins- impulse, your instinct. It's a, yeah. It's like your impulse. And that's like, if you take a step back from that and you like look at it objectively from the outside, then you'll be like, Oh, I'm doing this thing. Why am I even doing this thing? It doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. Like who cares if the guy's honking at me behind me? Who right. gives a fuck? It's so much more you know? relaxing to go through the, or who gives a fuck if somebody way? like cut in front of me at Starbucks or like whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just so- your ego, like telling you that you are like, you need to be, your ego is like, it's just having control over your ego. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even think about that Mm-mm. or even have control of their ego mm-hmm. or even have an ego. I almost. think it's people aren't aware 
that they can step back from it. Yeah, because no one they're fucking so, thinks about They're anything. so lost in their own world that they don't take a step back and go, oh, wait, there are other people. Yeah. People just got a lot of shit going on, too, sometimes, you know? So it's... I mean, that's true. But yeah. I, I think it's, it's also a loss of being um, in the present, which is something that I learned from acting class, mm-hmm. is being present, being in the moment, and... Honestly, it, it's not like, oh, I'm in the moment of like this sunset. It's not like, it's not really romantic. It is just like, I'm looking at you. I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm responding. I'm not distracted. I'm not thinking about other stuff. I'm like literally in this moment of you and me having a t- conversation, which is why I'm so good at reading people because I'm very, I'm very attentive and very in the moment of, oh, your eyes just did this thing. Why did they do that? That was a reaction. They didn't, but I'm saying like... I know. When somebody has like, you know, a thing or they do something or they say something, it it all means something, you know? Yes and no. I think more than you think. Yes and no, because I think that, um, you know, it was surprising when um, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had on Whitney Cummings, who's a female stand-up comic. She's really funny. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of her stand-up, but at mm-hmm. the same time, um, when I heard her on Joe Rogan, I was always, like, super amazed at just how, like, in tune with, like, how she is, you know, because I've always been that way. And it was one of the first times I really heard someone else talk about it. I don't know what you're referencing. Like, just being, like, what you're talking about, like, in tune with yourself and other people around you. And one of the things that she brought up, and I still don't have a solution to it, when you look at someone, when you look in someone's eyes, like I'm looking in yours right now, are you looking, are both of your eyes looking into one eye or are both of your eyes looking at each eye, right? I'm using both of my eyes to look at one eye. Yeah. That's usually what I do too. But like, I think a lot of people can you, like, I don't know if you can separate your eyes like that. And yeah, she was like, do you look at like someone's nose? Do you look at someone's like forehead a little bit? Like, do you look at someone's like, you know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that direct eye contact. Yeah. It's, but, but also someone like I do this a lot, like I'm talking and I'm listening to you, but if you're talking for an extended amount of time, I'm probably going to like look off. I'm still listening, but I'm just looking up because I'm like so in tune with listening. Mm. You don't listen with your eyes. You listen with, Oh, like, I listen with my eyes. You do in a way, but like when, I mean, at least in this setting specifically, like if you're telling a story or something and I'm not continuously looking in your eyes, it doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but most of the time that's why when I I'm yes and no, cause it's like, but when I'm fully engaged and when I'm really trying to either connect with somebody or get a handle on who they are, I don't fucking look away because I'm, f- oh. I'm really paying attention. I'm trying to see, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm listening with my eyes. That's why I don't. I hardly ever look away when I'm talking to somebody mm. because I'm very interested in everything they have to say, whether it's verbally or physically. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, the longer that you... And if somebody's not in tune with their ego, then it's pretty obvious because you can tell yeah. by certain things they're doing or moving or looking at or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's super... It, like that. I learned that in acting class. I always kind of felt like I had something like that. Um, Me too. But in that class, they really like... Expand on it. Yeah. That's and why they, psychology they, was so... They uh, dive into it so, like, simply. They make it very simple and mm-hmm. very... They dumb it down. No, not dumb it down, but they, they take away all the bullshit. They take away the fact... Like, what they what it is, it's Meisner technique, 
which is you, you, there's no scripts or anything. It's just two people. And it's, it's a, it's a form of improv because there isn't a script, but you're not like trying to make things happen. You're literally looking at a person just reacting normally. That's all you're doing. Hmm. And people don't know how to do that because they're so like, well, I gotta be doing something. They don't like, they can't just sit and be. So it really is teaching you how to just sit and be with another person mm-hmm. And what you learn is you put all of your attention on the other person so that you're not thinking, all these people are looking at me. You're thinking, what is? what are you doing? Why are you looking like that? So then you completely forget your stage fright because the other people aren't even in the room, in the room at that point. You're only looking and focusing on one other person, your partner. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you put all your attention on your partner, you start seeing them. You see all of them. And you forget about yourself and you forget about everybody else. Sounds like a psychedelic experience. No, nah, it's just super intense. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it. That was like my favorite part about that class was being so, you're just so connected to your partner and you're so in the moment. It's like, you've had those moments in life where you're like, I, wow, this feels like a fucking movie. Yeah. I have to cut you off really quick. I gotta Do you piss. have to pee? I got to piss hot right now. We've been going you have for- to piss hot? Dude, we've been going for a minute. Oh I got to really pee. So we'll just pause this real All right. Quick. Don't tell people you have to piss hot. I actually kind of have to be too. And we're both back. Wait, let me put my head for that. Okay. Um, we're both back from pissing hot. <laughs> from pissing hot. I was going to say I didn't... Uh, I wanted to talk about how we met just to put it out in the world. E-Harmony. <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, I want to know. We did. So, okay. So my Instagram is attached to my Tinder account. It sure is. Yeah. So, and I don't use Tinder that often. I'll like log on for like five minutes, swipe a couple times and go, I'm bored. And that's honestly that's, as often as I use it. Yeah. So what good, like, tell me what happened. So straight up, I would just, my, my roommate was telling me, he's like, Hey, have you ever used Tinder? And I was like, I was like, yeah, like a long time ago, but it was literally just for fun. You know? Yeah. It, I wasn't like seriously trying to find somebody with it. Right. Um, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I met this, like, chick, and she made a picture of the chick. He's like, I matched with this chick, and we've been talking and stuff, and she was, like, kind of cute. She, like, literally lives, like, across the street, I think. Because, <laughs> like, she, like, it said, like, she lives on Beachwood, so I think, like, she lives, like, literally, like, right over there. Yeah. But anyway, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, and I was, I didn't use it when I first moved out here, and I'm, I only used it from where I'm from. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what it's like to use Tinder out here, because it's based on where you're at. Right. Come to find out, uh, Tinder out here is basically just a lot of tinder insta or instagram models yeah trying to get some followers which is a good way to do it but that's basically all it is Mm -hmm. every now and then you'll swipe by somebody normal like you i swiped by you it was connected to your instagram i went on your instagram and watched your video your story thing Mm -hmm. thought it was funny and i just followed you Mm -hmm. and then um but then you messaged me yeah i don't think i messaged you right away Okay. I probably didn't even realize, because sometimes I get followers from people I don't know, and I'm just yeah, like, whatever. like me. Yeah. I don't... I just followed you, because I thought you looked funny, and you're, you're like in the industry, sort of, so I was like, oh, yeah. she's cool looking, mm-hmm. you know? And you're straight up like one of two people I've ever done that with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, you posted something else that was funny, and then I was like, hey, like, what you posted was pretty goddamn funny, and I liked your story. Yeah. And then we just started talking. Yeah. It's and I, I like, honestly, like my first at reaction first was, I was like. was 100% hitting on you then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was 100% hitting on you. Oh. And then we met in a super dark coffee shop and then. The pig. The, the bourgeois pig. The bourgeois pig. The bourgeois. I fucking love that place. <laughs> 
Yeah. Is when we French met, bourgeois. Bourgeois, I think so. Bourgeois. Maybe. Bourgeois. But uh, when we met, like when you walked in the door, I was like, "You're like, yep, no." No, it, it was <laughs> like I, I wasn't intending on meeting you and like hooking up like that that's not why i like took the meeting yeah or whatever i was like this dude like because when we were talking you were like saying things that weren't like bullshit like you weren't like wow you're so hot or like i really like your butt yeah like you weren't like being an <laughs> idiot you were just like saying funny things and like having yeah. a conversation with me so i was like oh he seems semi-normal so like yeah. if you wanted to like get coffee like that's we fine talked for like probably two weeks before we met too mm-hmm. yeah yeah so when we met when you walked through that door mm-hmm. i was like i was like i feel like i know him why did you feel like that I don't know. We made eye contact and I, feel I like, like I knew you too. Right. Just the way you said hi, you were like, I remember I walked in, I was like looking around and then you were like in line and you were just like, Hey, and I was like, yeah. Oh, it was oh, kind of like are. we were like meeting up yeah. after like, like oh, being friends cool. forever. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. I was just like, Oh, cause I, you, I mean, that's how I kind of approach most people is I try to get as comfortable as possible so I can avoid all that weird stuff. And then if they're, pushing if they're they're, yeah because i like to get a baseline of like if we're normal people at the start then we can figure out whether we're compatible or whether we're friends or you can kind of figure it because i don't like being awkward and like not myself because then it takes so much longer to figure out if you're compatible with like you don't want to be like reserved and be like someone that's like putting up a front yeah you don't want to not be yourself compatible because you're or not being you. you start fucking or doing something, you know, dating or whatever. And then it's like, oh, now I got to like show them myself. And what if they don't like it? And right. Then, it's and like, then you just get stuck in the like, well, now I'm this person. Yeah. That's you know? a lot of people do that. They like put on, they try to be whatever the other person wants them to be. And it's like, that doesn't work. The problem is pussy. What? The problem is pussy. Oh, you mean guys? Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone just wants just it want- so fucking bad that they're like, well, if I just do this, if I act this way, then maybe she'll like me. Cause then, you know. Yeah. That's it's also why people drive really nice guys drive really nice cars. Yeah. What is Dave the Chappelle? Second a guy gets a really if a nice guy car. could fuck a girl in a box, he wouldn't buy a house. <laughs> is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> His stand-up, uh, I can't. Uh, is it killing them softly? No, it That's might not be so that one. Funny. He does. Me and my sister, like, he has. The, there's such a. Fun, I have the DVD. It's such a good fucking. He talks about this baby that stands on the side of the road and sells weed and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> Stop selling weed. <laughs> he's like, I got kids was to feed. And he's just like, what the fuck? Is that an old Dave Chappelle's? Yeah. One? It's like, it's, I don't I, remember what it's called, but I'm yeah, absolutely it's a, a Dave Chappelle fan. And what's kind of weird is that like, I, I, I watched the Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. I never watched I never any watched, of the I didn't watch the show, but I what? saw that stand up. Yeah. That's how I knew who he was. Cause I watched the show and then like, I always knew he did stand up, but I never watched it. Yeah. I think I watched like parts of it like on YouTube or something. Maybe well, there like, was maybe a, just only a few years ago. I think it was Comedy Central. They used to do a they 30 had minute this, special. Yeah, they used to like really promote Comedy Central presents. Comedian Yes, that's exactly right. And then this one um winter we were uh my family me, sister, mom and dad were uh skiing because we would go skiing every fucking like winter. The whitest thing to do. I know, right? And uh we would watch I guess it was Comedy Central. They had a Comedy Central presents, but they had a bunch of comedians leading up to like the main event, mm-hmm. which was at that year it was Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. It was his first like mm-hmm. coming out 
special. Oh my god, he was it was great. Like was that the one with hot pockets on it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stand up that I used to watch when I was a kid before I even had any idea that I even was really even into stand up or that yeah. I wanted to try it. Well, I like I it think was I've like said Jim this Gaffigan, too. Jim Gaffigan, Dane Cook, Bill Cosby. No. Oh, I, that, my that's dad pretty much I really it. liked Bill Cosby. There's some, oh, Nick Swartzen. <gasps> Yeah, his um But his, I I was telling you this before. I everybody that I loved as like growing up like um things that we would reference, inside jokes that we would have, all that kind of stuff. It all stemmed from comedians, but you, like you said comedian is such a broad word. It could yeah. mean so many things. You could be an actor, you could be a writer, you could be a stand-up, you could be sketch. Like there's so many ways to be a comedian, but I didn't realize that all the people that I was having these connections with, all these things that I was like, that were making me who I was, like inside jokes with my sister and things that we would talk about, it was all comedy. Mm-hmm. Like all of it. Yeah. It was like weird. That was, um, that was kind of how it was with like me and all of my friends too. Mm-hmm. Like everything we talked about or referenced or liked, it was always, it was always South Park related. Yeah. And by that I mean Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, the creators of South Park. Um, we used to like reference the South Park movie a lot. That movie Team America, we would reference a lot. That yeah. was like, dude, movie I, quoting was like how I talked to people. Yeah, and then there's like me too. But then there was like the friends that did it too much, or like if you were watching the movie, they would just talk over the movie because they knew all the lines. And it's I like, do Shut that. The fuck well, up. I do that to myself. I I try to keep it in check because I know it bothers people. When I was um when I was in middle school. 2000, like the year 2000, 2001 or something, my mom got a brand new car and it was a minivan. And it was, even though DVDs were out at the time, it had a VHS player and a little pull down TV. Yeah, that's awesome. And so even though my school was only like 10 minutes away or even less than that, like my friend Matt down the street would, him and his brother would get a ride with us because it was like cool that we had a TV. Yeah, of course. So on the way to school, like we would watch a movie for like eight minutes or something like that. And it was, I don't remember what movies it was, but it was like usually a comedy. I want to say The Wedding Singer. Good one. Yeah. And, um, Julia Coolia. And we would just like, we would start watching it and then fast forward to like a funny part or something, but he would just not shut the fuck up. He would just always be quoting it. Yeah. And like, even my mom was like, does he ever stop quoting movies? Like as the movies are happening? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Um, but the funniest, the, I think to this day, the hardest I've ever laughed to where it hurt for about an hour was the first time that I watched Team America. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. It, it's just one of those things when I, it just came out at the right time and it was just in my, like, I was like maybe 13 or 14 and it was just like the funniest goddamn movie. Yeah. I never laughed so goddamn hard in my life. And it was me and my friend Matt and Brandon all watching it. And I just, we were just all just crying the entire time. Yeah, just dying. Dying, laughing. And it hurt, mm-hmm. you know? That was um, like, me and my sister watched, like, because my parents, uh, we grew up, like, knowing the stuff that they grew up knowing. Like Richard Pryor and Not SNL. Richard Pryor specifically, but, like, their generation. Like, I knew their music. I knew oh, their movies. Okay. Like, we watched Grease. We watched It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which are, like, their generation movies. Like I wasn't, re- I wasn't ever really watching stuff that like kids my age were. So like, like pop culture of when I was a kid, I was like secondhand to it. I was like firsthand to whatever my parents had done. So like, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Have you ever seen that movie? No, 
I don't even fucking, know what it is. Yeah, right? So it was the movie that they took all the comedians of that era, which mm-hmm. was like the 70s, I want to say. I don't know if that's right. But they took all of those comedians and put them in a movie that was, it's um, like Rat Race. It's the original oh, Rat Race. okay. The cool. original. So it's all these people who find out about this treasure and then they mm-hmm. go to get it. And they're all just fucking characters, right? They're all idiots. And I love Rad Race, the movie. Dude, the you got to see it. We cry. It's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. That's such a Well, you I just showed me The so Princess Bride the other day. I can't I've never seen, never that. seen that. It's pretty fucking funny. Right? That's a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, just, um, I mean, obviously, it's one of those movies that's, like, so dumb that it's funny, but mm-hmm. that's always been, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. Is, you know, the Adam Sandler. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. Um, the first time that I ever got up on a stage and grabbed a microphone, and there was people listening, and I was, like, performing, mm-hmm. the first thing that popped into my head is that scene in The Wedding Singer when Adam Sandler's, like, kind of, like, hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And he's up there, and he's, like, fucking up the songs and stuff, and, like, people are like, you suck. And yeah. he's like... He's like, well, I have the microphone, and you don't. <laughs> and he just goes off, and he's like, so you will listen to everything I have to fucking say. It's so true, dude. But that's like that was like the first thing that popped into my head the second I grabbed a microphone. I was like, whoa, people have to fucking listen to me now. They do, yeah. Like, I'm totally in control. Yeah. That's why I'm doing a podcast. I know. No, it's not. <laughs> I want to be heard. That's, that's actually true, though. It's not that I want to be heard. It's just that I think I have... I think I have unique thoughts and I think I have thoughts that a lot of people don't think that I have because hmm. I'm always like playing, du- not playing dumb, but like, I'm always like, I'm always joking around. I'm hardly ever serious. So like, yeah. I think that like, you don't have like intellectual people don't think you have intellectual. Yeah. And I thoughts. absolutely do. And it's, and since I am a huge fan of comedy and I like to make people laugh a lot, I think that those two meeting was, is a good outlet. Yeah. At least for me, like as a person too, it's like an expression. Yeah. You know? I also think that the podcast world is like a, it's like a sort of up and coming uh, media. It's been around for about 15 years, but yeah, now it's just sort of starting to take off. And I think one day it's going to be like, if you look at, if you look at like the numbers of people who are like, if you were to like on a list, put all the people that are comedians or even actors and actresses, um, on a list, like Instagram is like kind of the big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Instagram, if you have a following, a real following, not like 10,000 people or bot followers. Yeah. Um, If you have actual fans, which followers are not fans most of the time, but if you have actual fans, having an Instagram and doing it right is is like being your own publicist. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a very useful tool, but I think the next thing is going to be a podcast because I think people... When they listen to a podcast, they like to hear that like someone has their own thoughts or they like to see how that person that I like thinks. Mm-hmm. At least I like that. Like I like getting in people's heads. Yeah. You know, I well, like figuring it's out It's also think. super like it's a it's like a um, it's like an audio book that's not written down. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's why that it's a convers- podcast it's a conversation. with uh, Joe Rogan was so interesting with what was that guy's name? Which one? The, uh, the uh, sleep doctor. Yeah. Or Peter. Peter, Peter Atia. Either way, they're both like geniuses in their field, right? Yeah. So instead of like going and reading their book or doing research, you just, you listen to them talk and you learn, you know, it's, it's Yeah, cool. I know so much random shit that I would have never have known. Yeah. I just didn't listen to podcasts. Just like listening to people 
experienced I, people. My mom called it this the other day. I guess someone asked her, like, what's your son doing with, like, the microphones? And she's like, oh, it's kind of like talk radio. <laughs> it is kind of like talk radio. It's like yeah, the new wave radio. of talk radio. It's the new wave of talk radio. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what it is, yeah. That's interesting. Um, it's like... A full circle. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, in the next 10 years, I think a lot of people who are doing stand-up or trying to make it out here, which is what this podcast will eventually be about, mm-hmm. um, the people that live in L.A. trying to make it, people in Hollywood trying to make it, trying to follow the their... grind. People following their dreams and the grind to get there. Mm-hmm. That's what this is going to be about. Right. We're going to have on different guests, um, people we know, some people maybe we just hit them up on Instagram and they want to... Come in and do it. Who knows? Yeah, I just want to talk it's to gonna interesting be a fun, people, to yeah, be honest. Me too. And it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. Um, but I think one, I think that, um, I think that in like the next 10 years, if you're a stand up comic and you don't have a podcast, you will not be successful. You think so? I do. That's interesting. Because I think that it, it's, it serves as somewhat of a companion to the way that you already think. And if people like, if people like to listen to you talk on a podcast, they're going to like to hear your stand up. It's like, instead of having your own TV show, you have a podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can get on board with that for sure. Because it's sort it's like a companion, you know, people like to, if people are a fan of you, that means they like what you have to say. If, whether it's stand up or podcasting, you know, so they're going to do, they're going to listen to both eventually. But it's also, it'll cancel out some people. Like if you can't be on uh, do you think so like if you you'll have more loyal followers yeah for sure yeah because they like who you are as a person yeah uh versus they like your comedy but they don't like who you are there's a lot of like celebrities or like personalities or whatever that people might like their music or their movies but they don't like who they are and i think that Mm -hmm. in the the me too movement and all of that that's getting very powerful and i'm totally on board with yeah. liking people as humans and not just what they have to give. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I like him as an athlete, but he's a piece of shit of a person. Why? Just get rid of him altogether. Like, it's yeah. not fair yeah. that he gets to be paid all this money to do something awesome, but he, like, rapes or murders or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, no, you don't get a pass just I because you can that, do one skill. I think there's somebody like Katy Perry who is a completely manufactured... manufactured. Yeah, like, just sort of made up and like money kind of made her who she is and like yeah. how she looks. It's just all about like, the I mean, trends. that's how, that's how it is in all of Hollywood sort of with people like that. But, um, I think if she had a podcast, it would be super fucking interesting. I think that she wouldn't be able to cause she doesn't have her own voice. But I think, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Cause yeah, she, she right. you can tell, and I've thought this for a long time. I've always thought this about Katy Perry it, after, okay. She had one song that was, I kissed a girl. Love that song. Mm-hmm. After that, I don't like most of her shit because I can tell it's not her. I've never listened to it. You can tell that it's been ma- manufactured. It's people saying, this is what sells do this. And I don't, I, as an artist, it's just, it's insulting to me yeah. because it's like, I want to know what that person is thinking. I want to know what, um, a bunch of producers and execs think we'll make money. That's not interesting to me. Yeah. That's another thing that's like, that's not, I told someone this the other day, like it's not my goal to be famous. It's my goal to be successful. And your definition of success is, you know, my definite is yeah. It's specific to me. Like mm-hmm. success to me is, is not having to have a, a job that I hate. That's what success is to me. Having a job that you love. Yeah. Doing something that you actually enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, and not and having to go second into an to that is working with people bartender. that you really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. 
That's that that is just as important to me is uh, the people that I'm surrounded with because I don't want to mm-hmm. be by myself. No, no, me neither. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to like when like you and I first met. I was like, because like I said, I was totally hitting on you, and um, when we first met, as though, you do. like it happens. <laughs> I know it happens. Um, no, but like when when we first met, though, like one of the first things I thought was like, oh, you know what, this could actually be. Not only a friendship, but it could also be like, because you said when I told you about the podcast, you're like, that's a good idea. Like, I would maybe want to volunteer. And I was like, well, how about we just be like partners in this? Mm-hmm. Like, how about we just do it together? Yeah. Because I think that will be, it'll just be a better route. You know what I mean? Like, to to creating something. Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, we bounce stuff off each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And it's also, that I like enjoy that, that you made the commitment which was buying the equipment like you just did that which was awesome to me because i'm that person that is usually that has to take the first step and then if you don't have a partner that can you know meet the task you're like mm -hmm. am i fucking doing everything no yeah 100 percent. and it's it's annoying when you like talk about stuff with somebody and then nothing happens yeah that's the worst and then it's like what like do i have to be like hey do you still want to like do that thing yeah you know or like it, it's always get, it, uh, that's why I just bought all the shit because it's so it always gets weird when it comes to money because then people are like just weird about it you know mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> but um but well, yeah when people start like penny pinching and being like you owe me that like oh my god I had this thing happen at work did I tell you about this no. so okay I was at work at the restaurant and th- somebody's in and out bag their fast food bag was like sitting on the server station which is like our only area to like do like do roll ups somebody and who stuff. works at public school. Stopped at in and out on the She way. doesn't like our burgers, apparently. She likes their burgers better. I don't she know. She should absolutely be fired. I know. So anyway, she's like a cool chef. Um, she's super, d- like, dope. I, like, you know, oh, riff with her. she's a chef? Yeah. She's a chef, and she eats in and out Anyway, so I walked in, and my first thing is like, in and out gross. And she was like, that's my food. And I was like, I'm judging you. Like, so we were riffing. <laughs> then she goes, I can't even eat it because it's cold now. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So in my head, hey, you're a chef. that you is now garbage, right? She oh. just verbally told me that she wasn't going to eat it because it was cold. So like a couple, like a whatever, something happened where I had to do something and that was in the way. There was like just a bunch of shit on the table. So I took it and I chucked it and then I went back to work. And then like a half hour later or something, she was like, did you throw away my in and out I said, yeah. She was like, I was going to eat that. That was a full meal. You owe me $7. And I was like, don't leave your first of all, I said, I'm sorry. Um, I thought you said you were done with it. I was just trying to make room on the table or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you owe me. And I was like, okay, I'll give you fucking seven. Like, okay. It was a mistake. Why are you? She was like very mad. So then I was going to go on my break and go buy her new in and out. Cause yeah, I threw her fruit away. That sucks. I hate when that happens to me, but I don't get like furious at people. You owe me money now. Yeah. Like what the hell? So. (laughs) whatever like you can either pay me back later or i don't know we'll figure it out it's not the end of the world if i don't if i don't have that one meal so Mm -hmm. i was gonna go on my break and buy her a new meal just because i felt bad and whatever happened with the server it was taking a while for me to get to my break like they weren't letting me go on my break for a while they were like no we gotta wait till something else happens so i was like okay um so by the time I was on my break, uh, one of the hosts had heard what happened and went out of her way to buy her in and out, which was super nice. She mm-hmm. came back after she was off the clock and brought Sean, Sean, I brought her, her, um, 
food. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that was so nice. Let me pay you back because thank you for doing that. I was going to do it, but you did it. So here's $7. So I gave her the money. So then the next day I come into work and Sean looks at me and she goes, you still owe me $7. And I was like, oh, I, I gave Molly the money cause she's the one, she bought you the food. And she was like, no, you like Molly had, didn't know that you had anything to do with it. And I was like, this is what happened. And I explained, I threw it away. Molly brought you food. I gave her money. I thought we were even. And she was still like not letting it go. So I was just like, fine, fuck, fuck you. Off. Here's money. So sorry that I inconvenienced you. gave her the you. money? Yeah, fuck I was that. so just like. When they gave her the money. I was just like, if you're going to keep stingy, fucking bitching about it. I, here's, I could have not, but I just didn't want to deal with it. So now that like, I, it's just like karma's going to come back to her for sure. Because yeah, that's a dick you move. can't get so mad over fucking oh, yeah. in out. Are you kidding? I'm not going to eat that food. And then it gets thrown away like, oh, I wanted to save it and put it on my mantle later. Uh, I bought it. Yeah. It was like, what? why are you? Oh, God. She just had, it was like such bad energy about that, that I was just like, look, I'm settled. I, I, I paid for it twice. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about, I don't care about it. The money doesn't mean anything to me because if you start if you start possessing money like that, it's, it's, it's just like a destructive, it's a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Cause now that I don't think about money, I, I seem to have money for everything. Right. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. I work at a restaurant part time. I don't work that often and I've had money to buy random shit for the podcast. I can pay my rent fine. I have groceries. I have money for everything. Yeah. And I'm not living Why anything lavish. On the side too? No. <laughs> I could be. I'm not. <laughs> could be, yeah. <laughs> no, but like once I stopped worrying about, I mean, I also did a thing where um, now when my bank account gets close to like a certain amount, I like. Like 20 bucks. Not 20 bucks. <laughs> no, before it was like, do I have a hundred dollars? Let me stop spending money. Now it's 500. So I've, I've made a cap for myself. If I get close yeah. to it, I stop and I wait. Yeah. Stuff like that. But now I don't, I don't think about it and it isn't. It's not a problem. Yeah. People that are I so like obsessed with it. when you're a server, though, you can do that. If somebody has, like, a job where they make X amount of money, then I it's guess like, that's, that's true. I can make up. kind of any type that's of why, money. But I can also make no money. Yeah. You know? That's the worst. That's true. That's the worst. Or you can lose money driving to work, and like me. What? Like, on some Oh, day, on gas, you mean? Yeah, like, on some days, like, it costs maybe, like, 15, 10 to 15 bucks to get to work. Mm-hmm. Right? And time. But if you start like calculating that kind of stuff, then that's what you're focusing on. And that's not where you should put your fucking energy, dude. Yeah. But at the same time, you should budget a little bit. Budgeting is fine. But being obsessive about it is not good. Yeah. I've never, and I'm going to sound ignorant and dumb probably, but like when people are like, well, you know, that, that $7 you, you could save on this or whatever. If you times that by all year that happens that's no. like 102 dollars no or that's being that, picky and that's, that's being bad ridiculous. just fucking live your life man so from that book that you're a badass book i learned about um energy exchanges yeah is kind of so money is uh has energy attached to it mm-hmm. like everything does so if you like you know that um i told you i have that pineapple picture in my room that this was like the first time i'd ever done it so I saw that in uh, like a Marshalls or a Ross or something, and I just instantly felt connected to it. I was mm-hmm. like, this makes me happy. Just looking at this makes me so happy. And it was like 20 or 30 bucks, which I didn't really have. Like, I, do, I don't have a ton of money to just like throw away, you know? 
But I saw it and I was like, I don't know why, but I really want to buy this for myself. Mm -hmm. So I did. I didn't think about it. I didn't think, well, if I buy this, what else do I have to like give up? I was just like, I'm going to buy it. Every day I look at it, it makes me happy. That Mm -hmm. was an energy exchange positively. Mm -hmm. So that money was positive that I was giving to get this thing. So now when I get energy again, it's going to come around in a positive way. Sean, on the other hand, who got negative, I threw that money down. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a negative energy and something else is going to happen that's not positive because of the way she was acting. Because I didn't graciously give her money. Molly, I gave graciously. Molly's money is going to flourish. Sean's is going to get depleted because of the way that she earned it. Mm -hmm. So I totally believe in that kind of stuff. So when you give and receive, like you graciously bought all this stuff and now we're like, you know, you weren't like penny pinching about it. I did it it because I want to do a podcast. Right. You know. And now I'm like, we're both like rising to the challenge. And I mean, it's all the stuff that you've done is really, I really appreciate it, but it's all stuff that like, realistically, I could do it too. Mm-hmm. But I, I appreciate that you're doing that stuff. And I, and I don't like you, when I told you like how much all this stuff costs, you were like, Oh, like, um, I can give you some, I was like, don't even worry about it. Like you've done stuff. Like, let's just let this be like a, like a partnership in a way. Yeah. You know, like, n- let's not make it all weird. Yeah. Like, no, you owe me like a $92 or something like that because yeah. that's cost X amount of money. Like, I'm just trying to live my life and have fun. You're a good companion to do this with. Let's just do it. Yeah. And that's so the positive stuff that I was talking about. Yeah. If you yeah. like are like, well, you owe me this amount. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, I'm not. And it's also like, I understand that if everybody's taking everything from you constantly, you'd be like, what the fuck? But. That's not what that is. Mm-hmm. You're not like giving it and I'm just take, take, taking. I'm also giving and, you know. Yeah. And you're doing stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like everyone should in life should be like that. But with that being said, I owe my mom like a thousand bucks. <laughs> I'm always going to owe my parents. <laughs> Me too. You know. Oh. <laughs> but I'm trying to like my parents are super great. That's honestly uh, my, my dad specifically, but both like just like my family because they are so fucking beautiful of uh, entity that I cry at the drop of a fucking hat. That's why I'm so driven to do this kind of thing, to do, to chase my dreams, to be successful because I really want to give it back. You know, my parents, if you just do whatever they did, if I do whatever circle, yeah, it's like everybody, I feel like everybody's constantly working hard to give their kids a better life. And then their kids don't have a better life. Yeah. Their kids feel guilty because they like, because like, all well, the oh, sacrifices, dad, yeah. You have no idea what my dad did. I have to do that too. Yeah. Like no, you don't have to suffer. Yeah, no, you don't. I want to flourish and grow and be, you know, awesome and then pay back what my parents gave me, which was, you know, indescribable. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reason people go to college nowadays is just to make their parents happy. Mm-hmm. It's weird. A lot of people do things because of what other people think they should be doing, not because of what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of it. There was a huge part of my life when I thought that, like, if I if I didn't have specifically a degree in something, that I was just going to be a loser. And it's absolutely not true. Because you can go do all that stuff. And like like I was saying, that guy that was on heroin after fucking yeah. 20 years, like, dropped it all and said, you know what, fuck this, I can't do this anymore, and then went to college and somehow became very, very successful. Mm-hmm. You always have time to do it. Yeah. And there is a lot of time. And I there actually, isn't, but there is. Yeah. I get stressed out sometimes because 
<clears throat> there's so much that I want to do mm-hmm. and I like, I get antsy, you know, yeah. I'm like, I want to do all of these things. But also I'm just so happy that I am currently in a place where I feel like I'm going to get the most out of life, which I'm, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Same, same here. And a lot of that was derived from like my, uh, my brother passing away, mm-hmm. which is like, dude, like he, like he lived the life, unfortunately, like how he wanted to do it, which no one agrees with, obviously like don't do heroin, but, um, like he lived his life sort of like how he wanted and whether he, it sucks that he didn't get to live longer and experience anything else. But at the same time, like he did what he wanted. He lived his life. And I feel like if he didn't have that addiction or whatever, he like, he would be still like doing whatever the fuck he wanted. And I feel like and that inspired I, you. Yeah. It sort of inspired me in a weird way because it's just like, dude, life is so short. And like when you experience something like that, like that someone so close to you, like that, it's just like not there anymore. You're like, holy shit. Like that could have been me, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I have no interest in doing heroin, but like we, that's not the only we way had to the die same, either. No, but we had the same circumstances. Yeah. We came from the same people. We lived in the same house mm-hmm. that could have been me if I had a different psyche. Yeah. Or if I just had different situation friends. or something. Yeah. Like that could have been me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck this dude. Like if that's, if that's how easy life can just end, like why the fuck am I going to go work at an office or why the fuck am I going to go try to be an IT guy somewhere just so I can make like a thousand or 2000 bucks more than I do now. Yeah. And I can like buy a house and have a mortgage and still be miserable. Yeah. It's just like done. Yeah. Done. Moving to LA. Just doing it. Doing my fucking own thing. Yeah. Just trying to be happy. I'm so I am happy, like, every day. Yeah. I swear. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I get, like, there, uh, every once in a while, I will get sad, but it's not a depressing sadness. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, it's either a loneliness or it's, like, I wish I was doing more. It's never, me I don't too. like where I am. Yeah, it's always, it's a, it's a sadness from a, uh, a forward-thinking mentality. Yeah. Like, I hate that I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm so like I close. I want to just be doing more stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. dude, I wouldn't care about working 24 hours in a day if it was doing something that I really enjoyed doing. Me too. You know? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's why I've heard about, like, what a writer's room is kind of like, and that just sounds, like, awesome to me. Yeah, it really does, yeah. It just sounds like you're playing the whole... T- like, I really have... Uh, reverted very intensely back into my child uh mentality which mm-hmm. i love cuz it's just everything is everything is play life is play oh yeah you say that a lot I'm like do you want to play i'm like what <laughs> yeah like it, that's what this is we're playing right now when yeah. we are joking about or when i'm like laying in your fucking lawn like i just really like the the freedom that your adolescence at least my adolescence was and i'm i feel like i'm slowly sort of returning to it because there was like you're adolescent you're free and you have no responsibilities and then you whatever it is go to work go to college do try to be an adult and i did i stepped into the adult world and then i was like this isn't any fun why is everybody in here and also that's it's no it's not really different like 
everyone's just all all adulthood is everyone's just trying to be more serious than they normally are. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because there's and no like policy. You don't have to do that. You know, you know what the most like adult people to me are? They're like foreign people. Why? Like my grandpa, foreign people that moved here. Oh. Specifically. Yeah, dude, my people grandpa, that move here are like way serious. Yeah, so my grandpa um, that... Sir. Oh, he's mowing his lawn. Of course there's a fucking lawnmower guy, but anyway... Um, <laughs> Um, no, you're just hanging my out grandpa, in room. he's not my biological grandpa, but he is my grandpa. Mm-hmm. He's the only grandpa I've ever known, and mm-hmm. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's from El Salvador. What does that mean? It means that I mean, came, I know where that is, but like, how does like that? It wasn't a great place, and they go back there every now and then, and just and they live, I think, like pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. And like the stuff that the pictures and videos that I see, and like how they use the bathroom, it's just like in a bucket. Shit. And, but they're like so fucking happy. Like all those people over there are just so happy. And then w- but that's what he came from. And he just appreciates every little thing for the most part, I think. So like he appreciates just every, every bite he takes of food. Like he just appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Last night there was this guy, um, there was like this ASB meeting from some school. What's um, at ASB? My work. I don't know. Something with school. Anyway, there's a bunch of teachers there. There's a bunch of students and a bunch of parents. It was like end of the year type things. It's it's what April now, so like it's coming to the end of the year of school year, right? So, mm-hmm. um, in my place, my work has like a lot of events for schools, right? Um, there was this guy that was catching like the end of the the Cleveland basketball game or something like that, and he was like. I work at a pretty nice place and he was just taking it all, taking it all in and I could tell he's foreign. He has like an accent. I couldn't tell where he's from. I actually thought he was from El Salvador. He was from the Philippines though and he just kept like looking around and like looked out at the view of like the golf course and like just looked around at the bar he's like, God, you, it's like so like, you guys just like, you guys are so privileged here and I was like, what? Wait, what do you mean by those are the most adult people? Because they're so like, that seems, because people that are born here when they grow up like, they've been living here the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything else. Right. So they're just more, like, just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on, like, in their life or what they want to do. I think that's why a lot of people get so lost. When somebody moves here from, like, somewhere else, <clears throat> they just have this, like, different outlook on what's in front of them. And it makes them, like, harder as a person. You know, like, my grandpa is very... He has a sense of humor, thank God. But, like... Actually, most of, most of his family does, but, like, he is, like, very serious and, like, very, like, like, you got to work really hard. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. You know? But I feel like coming from him, it, like, means something. Like, when it was just, like... It's, it's, it's my mom, serious. He, it's, like, serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I feel like people in uh, America, they just kind of, like, when people go from, like, being a kid to an adult... Nothing really changes except they're just trying to be more serious. Yeah, we we that's what I was saying about people loving to like hate things or they, we like enjoy. I think so many people just think that because adult life is harder than being a kid because there are those responsibilities and confusing things that we have to deal with, they think that it has to be serious and therefore miserable. Yeah. They like think that being a serious <clears throat> adult is not fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like I just feel like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like no we're one's all ever just been... we were all kids. We all are the same like essentially the same people that yeah. went through like I swear the way that I look at life, I'm just like a kid that was like 
adults do things weird. Like when you get to this age, you have to deal with really weird stuff. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm just in awe by all of it. And I try, and I really try to be in awe of things as often as I can, because then I don't get jaded. And yeah. I, I don't want to just be, oh, look at the, the PCH is right there. The ocean. Meh. Yeah. It's like like dude, every time in. I drive that, I, I like get, going up. I take a deep breath and I like look at it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't just drive by it. Yeah. That's why I like going up to the Hollywood sign. Yeah. It's like an hour from, it's like, I just got to walk up the hill for about 45 minutes to an hour. And it's just like, when I get up there, it's like, <sighs> yeah, holy shit, man. Yeah. Like it's such a great view. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this is where like I've gotten myself to sort of, I mean, you know, like, I, I sort of made a promise to myself when I first moved here to always look at LA. Like it was the first time. I still do. That's why I, that's a huge reason why I like to live outside of LA and then drive into it. That's yeah, so romantic. A certain, <laughs> there's a certain part like, that's why I, I love I flying so into long. LA at night. That's my favorite. I've never done that. Oh my God. It's amazing. Really? Yes. Because you fly into the, just the lights yeah. of the city. Um, yeah. So like when probably like four or five years ago, there was this point, I think when I was coming to universal studios, um, and I was with my ex, and I remember coming through the little... So on the 60 freeway, when it... Mer- or you go to the 60 to, like, the 101. doesn't matter. But there's a part on the 101 freeway when you go through this little... You can see the city that whole time, but you end up going sort of around it. Mm-hmm. And then you go through this little tunnel area, and there's usually pretty good traffic, so you're in there for, like, a second. You're like, oh, this is a cool little tunnel. Then when you come out... You're going up a hill, and you just have this amazing view of downtown L.A. Oh, yeah, you told me and about And there's, this. like, yeah, you, you, there's the view of downtown L.A., and then there's, like, the tram thing. The metro link is, like, coming, like, the, the bridge for that is, like, going over the freeway. And then off to the right is, like, the LAPD station with, like, helicopters flying around on top. And, like, just something about that. I remember saying one time, like, four or five years ago, I was like, God, I just feel like I should be here. Mm. Like, what are we doing in Menifee or Temecula, where the fuck it was? It's like, I should just be here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I need to be here for some reason. I know that sounds so ridiculous and like, so like, not pretentious, but just like. I think that that makes sense. I don't know. Just something about it. There, there, you get vibes from everything. You ever, like, so you walk into a room and it's got a good energy or a bad energy. There's. Like, like this the fucking, pig. the bourgeois pig is one of them. And this house is one of them. You yeah. walk in and you're just like, wow, I feel like I could just prop my feet up on this couch and take a nap. I'm so comfortable here. Yeah, I love this apartment. It's the Slash house. It's the size of a it house. It is a house. <laughs> it a feels house. like a house, but it's attached to other places or other people's. Yeah. What is it a unit? Is that what it's technically called? I don't know, but it's fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. And the bait, this beautiful window thing. I uh, love all the light and yeah. stuff. It's great. Me too. I got lucky. Dude. This was the, this, there's certain things that always have happened in my life where I just don't even have to put any effort into it and it just happens. And then I well, just feel like that should be like what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the universe. <laughs> yeah. In a non like woo woo way. Yeah, it is. I know. Uh, but the, the, so, um, all the stuff that I've been saying about like, you can just move. Like at one point, I didn't think that I could move to L.A. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I'd afford it. I wasn't sure, like, what I was even going to do when I got here, you know? And it was probably around this time last year, actually. In No, it was, like, May or June. 
yeah, it had to have been around like the summertime when I, um, I remember it was like super slow at work. Um, at the time I was working two jobs, so I like literally didn't have a day off mm-hmm. and I was just working and saving up money and I was dating a girl that lived out here and stuff. And I was just like, um, just living my life trying to be happy, but I was like working a lot. So I was like saving up a bunch of money cause I knew I needed to move out, mm-hmm. but I didn't know where I wanted to go. And this was like still inside of a year when my brother died. So like, I just was like, didn't really like, I was just on autopilot kind of. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that I had to keep myself busy. So that's why I had two jobs. Um, and it hit me one day when I was just sitting at work and I was super fucking bored. And I was like, oh, you know, I haven't been to Kiltoni in like a few months. Like, oh, I got to go back there. And then I was just like, it hit me like a wave. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm single. Well, I was seeing a girl, but not really. You were about to be single. Yeah. Um, like, I'm single. I totally make enough money to live on my own, like comfortably. I need to move out soon. I can just move to LA now. Cause before that I was, I was in a serious relationship with someone for like almost five years, mm-hmm. like four and a half. And, um, it was never, I always, it was always something I wanted to do, but it was never like, Oh, that's an option, you know? Cause right. she had a kid and you can't just like take a kid to LA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just hit me one day and I was like, Oh yeah, like I always you're, thought you're about free doing that. to do it. Yeah. yeah, I always thought about doing that. Now I literally can. Yeah. And that's what I actually came to that realization the senior my senior year of college when I was like I, I just didn't get why everybody I I was that way. I was like, Oh, I have to get a job and then the only way I'm gonna move is if my job moves me. Like that's kind of how I thought it worked. Yeah, me too. But then my dad really was just like, why don't you just move there? Like he just, just saying those words, very simply saying, this is an option that I was like, it like opened up my whole world. I was like, oh fuck, I can go anywhere. What the hell is keeping me here? My parents love me enough that I don't need to be with them constantly. They can totally, you know, let the leash go or whatever. And I was that, yeah. And it just like blew my mind that everybody else was like, I have to stay here. And then they just bitch about where they are. And I'm like, why are you fucking then there move. if you don't like it? I know. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. You can change your situation um, almost always. Yeah. But this that's that's how I knew that I was like maybe, not to sound woo-woo, but like supposed to be in L.A. for whatever reason it may be. Yeah. Is that like this was the first place that I called on. That's The crazy. first and only place that I called on. Yeah. I remember being at work. I remember being bored as fuck because like, at the golf at a golf course, like during the week, there's usually not events um, unless it's like this time of year where there's schools. And every like five or six months or something like that, they do this thing called aerating the course, which they like punch holes in the course. And yeah, like I know what aerating is. Do the you know grass. So obviously that drives down business. So there's every now and then it's just like I'm just at work standing there mm-hmm. looking at the ceiling, um, or doing side work or whatever. Yeah. Which, if anyone that I work with listens to this, are going to laugh because they're like, you don't do shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I was sitting there and I was just like, oh, yeah, I can move to L.A. Got on the computer, got on Craigslist of all fucking places. You found this on Craigslist? Found, yeah. Well, he, oh, the guy God. that was living here originally, he had this apartment on Zillow and Craigslist. Mm. Martin, or my other roommate, actually found this, um, this apartment on Zillow, but I found it on Craigslist. And um, the guy... we. The guy's name was Will. We talked for maybe 
20, 30 minutes. On the phone? Yeah, I just talked to him. Like, just, he was a director of photography. I was like, no way, that's fucking cool. Like, I want to move out there to do stand-up and, like, all this stuff. Um, maybe start a podcast. And we just talked for, like, 30 minutes. And um, he was like, well, cool, man. Like, I'll, I'll let you know. Like, um, I'm just going to do due diligence and, like, meet with some other people and... He's like, yeah, I kind of want to find somebody that's like in the industry so that I can have some connections and stuff, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll give you a call back in like the next week and I'll let you know. I was like, all right. A week goes by and then I, I didn't hear from him. And I said, hey, man, like what's going on? He's like, hey, like I'm kind of rethinking like if I'm going to stay here or move and stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Oh, and I had already come out and like saw the place and I fell in love with it right away. Yeah, right. And since I fell in love with this place, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to look at anywhere else because I don't. I don't have to move right now. I like that place so much. Like, I just want that place to work out, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just kind of was persistent with him. And I was just like, hey, man, like, I've, dude, I love that apartment. Like, I love the room. Like, I love that it has its own bathroom in there. Like, can I, you know, if you don't find anyone soon, you don't want to cover the rent. Like, I'm right there, dude. And that's what happened. Eventually, he just said, like, yeah, um, cool. You can move in as soon as you God. want, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sick. And it was just me and him here for, like, six weeks until Martin moved in and then he decided he was going to move out. Now we have a new roommate and then, yeah, here we are doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. In the sunroom. With our our tapestry. Tapestries. I love our tapestry. Yeah, me too. It makes me happy, doesn't it? It's very similar to the same vibe I get from my pineapple. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get one with pineapples on it. I mean, there were options. We could like we could like draw little pineapples on it. Oh, um, by the way, so <laughs> uh, looking at those neon signs for our logo, whatever, if we could just like put it right there. But no, I uh, I got the quotes, which were like a lot of money. Yeah, fuck but off. I looked at the <laughs> fuck off. I looked at the dimensions, and it was like tiny. No, it was huge. Oh. So I asked her, I was like, can I get one for like a slightly smaller sign? Like if the price would go down. So I'm waiting mm. to hear back from that. Cool. Cool. That'd be dope. That would be so sick. Do you have a neon sign? Yeah, dude. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Are anyway, we, how long have we been talking? Cause I'm, I'm very fucking hungry. Two and a half hours. Awesome. I think this was a good, yeah. It was a good intro. So, okay, we're, this is the podcast. We're going to be putting it out weekly. Yep. It's going to be on iTunes. It's called Have a Seat. It is called Have a Seat. Have a Seat. Have a Seat. Yes, that's it. Have a Seat with whoever the fuck sits in the seat. Yeah, Have a Seat. And us. And us. Anthony Pacheco and Betsy Stipa. Stop. (laughs) No, my mom. So, okay, yeah. So, my mom basically was like, I tweeted something and I think I changed my name on Twitter and she was like, Hayes, like with a bunch of question marks. <laughs> and, uh, well, okay. So the thing that that came from was, first of all, I don't like Betsy Stipa. Like it doesn't have a fun ring to it. It's kind of like a, it's a nice name. Like I love my dad and I love, he didn't pick it. You know, that was just his family what is Hayes, name. Though? Did you just make it up? No, Hayes is my grandfather's middle name, but it's H A Y S. And every, for, I don't know, whenever we fit, found out that that name existed, all of the cousins were like dibs on that name. Like, well, I'm naming my kid Hayes. Like, how sick would that be if that was your name? Like, I just love it. I thought about changing my last name from Pacheco to Tall, T-A-U-L. T-A-U-L. That's my mom's maiden name. And that's like, um, it's kind of interesting. It sounds kind of right? cool. I like Pacheco, though. Or Tony Tall. Tony, you would change your first name? Oh, because yeah, Tony do you, have like you ever it. gone by Tony? Uh, some people call me Tony, yeah. Really? Yeah. I like work. Anthony. I like Anthony, too. Yeah. 
But I like Pacheco as well. Tony Tall sounds like... That sounds a little hammy. It sounds a little hammy. (laughs) Tony Tall, coming at you. My ex and I were like, because I don't don't necessarily love my last name. And we... What the fuck is that noise? He's doing the sides now after the lawn. What a dick. Um, Doing his damn job. Doing his fucking job over there. (laughs) Trimming the grass. Anyway. Um, you don't love your ex, name? I don't love my last name. So when my ex and I were like talking about like getting married, because that was a talk I had at one point in my life, um, I was like, what if I just fucking like change my last name altogether? And she's like, that'd be kind of cool. And then we were like, dude, what if like our last name was Black? And then I started going by Tony. <laughs> and then my name was Tony Black. Tony Black. Dude. You don't look like how, a Tony Black. No, not at all. But that would be hilarious. Like it's like an alter ego or something like that. Tony Black. I mean, it's kind of edgy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I still like it. That's it's silly. funny. Well, it's anyway, so yeah. for forever, like when I like a year out of like after I'd gone to an acting class mm-hmm. and I was like really in the vibe of the creative world here or whatever. I was thinking like if I change my name, what would I change it to? Because I love Betsy. I love my first name. It's super unique, and every time people hear it, it like sparks like oh my car, my first car was called it or my aunt. They, everybody has like a reference to Betsy because it's so unusual. They like think of something immediately. Mm-hmm. But then like Betsy Nicole Stepa has a great ring to it. It's very long. But it's it's long, and I don't want to be like three names. Like it's just like I don't know. So Betsy Nicole Stepa Hayes. No. So <laughs> Betsy Hayes, I just feel like has, it's a good ring to it. It's, ha- it's a happy name. It, it is, kind yeah. of has a positive vibe to it. Like you. Yeah. And I shirt. just feel like it, it matches me more than Stipa. And it half does. the time people can't say that. They're it's like, Stipa, Stipa, Stipa. Tap, tapestry, tapestry. What is it? <laughs> this one dude in middle school, he was like, Stripa, your last oh, name is Stripa. And I was like, are you a fucking illiterate? Dude, (laughs) there's no R in my last name, you idiot. I kind of get it with my last name that it can be a little bit confusing, but it's just Pacheco. What do people think it is? P A C H E C O. Yeah. It's exactly how it's spelled. Yeah. But I have heard almost everything (laughs) Pacheo, Pachicho, Pacchio, Pistachio. (laughs) Like, yeah, people just don't look. Pachico. Yeah. Is there two E's and a K? Dumb is there an fuck? I? There's no I. No. Pachico's like the most common one though. Oh yeah. It's just like, dude. Yeah. Do you not know how to read it? Well, half the time people spell my first name wrong because they're just not paying attention. They they spell it bestie. They switch the S and the T. That's weird. And so so many times when people write it down, I go, Can you just say this word for me? Just say it. And they're like, Bet oh. I'm like, yeah, you fucking moron. It's not that hard. <laughs> Bet C. Yeah, yeah. It's really pretty simple. Yeah. So, yeah, so Hayes was my grandfather's middle name, and my uh, oldest cousin on my mom's side has two kids. Mm -hmm. He gave, I think, William Hayes, he got the middle name, and everybody else was like, fuck, he took it. And and then I was like, I'm just going to steal it for myself, man. Who's this? Why not? Why not? Why can't I just fucking change my name? It is your name, sort of. What do you, it's a it's family. In your, it's in your family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't take it from somebody else, but no. Uh, but yeah, now I'm just claiming it is me. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's it for having. So wait, what would we say? iTunes, YouTube. Yeah. So it's for sure, for sure, for sure. On iTunes, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, and Those then maybe the Spotify, things. SoundCloud. Um. Yeah. So the process to do it is sort of confusing. We gotta. We don't have to explain it. 
Yeah. We can just say. I wasn't going to explain it because I still don't know how to do it that well. I know how yeah, to do. I know how to do out. iTunes and YouTube. Everything else. Um, if you have an Android phone and you want to listen to this and you don't feel like watching it on YouTube or whatever, um, there are programs for it. Um, not programs, but apps. Um, one of them is called Stitcher. One of them is called Spotify. We'll probably get it on there too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. And it's called Have a Seat with Anthony Pacheco and Betsy Hayes. Betsy Stipa. You're at the same. All right. See you next time.